edition of 99 questions i am your host bob buell this is of course an oddly numbered interview show where we ask all sorts of interesting people interesting questions join with me today is game informer all-star uh mr marcus stewart marcus how are you today doing great i've got your you've got 99 questions Mm -hmm. But something ain't one. I'm trying to think of how I could spin that. Also, is that like passe? Has anyone made that joke yet? Only a few. (laughs) Delete it then or edit it out. (laughs) (laughs) It's all good. All good. I promise you. Uh, But hey, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to do this. Uh, We will very shortly find out, you know, what it's not uh, as we go through these questions here. Uh, but where would we be without some uh, terms and conditions, ground rules, if you were, um, uh, such as ground rule number one, you take as much time or as little time as you need to answer the questions. If a yes or no suffice, give me a yes or no. If a short story about your life helps us get a better understanding of the answer, I want to hear that story. Mm. Uh, ground rule number two, there's nothing controversial here. We're not trying to get anybody in trouble. <laughs> but if you want to pass over any question, we can pass. No judgment, no worries. And uh, ground rule number three, despite the name of the show being 99 questions, uh, there might be extras. There might be some off the cuff. Uh, Some of these, from an English standpoint, are definitely not questions by any means. Uh, So we're just going to roll with it, is all I'm saying. We're just going to go till the paper tells me not to. Sounds good. (laughs) Perfect. Uh, so non-question number one, Marcus, are you ready? Yes, let's do it. 99 questions, all set. Love it. Love it. That's the energy I'm looking for. (laughs) Question number one, what's the perfect breakfast? The perfect breakfast is probably a, a, a good breakfast burrito. That's kind of boring, but like. You know, I was, I almost said cereal or like a pop tart. And then I was like, well, you know, if you're going to eat something handheld, then you want like a burrito, right? Cause you can kind of get all your food groups in there and a nice clean package. Whenever I get Taco Bell's breakfast, which by the way, Taco Bell breakfast underrated. Very um, much so. Yeah. I usually go for the, the like scrambler burrito thing with steak. Um, but also in a close second to that would be the, uh, same from Taco Bell, the crunch wrap breakfast crunch wrap. Oh, well, this is intriguing. I don't know if I've ever had this. Oh, really? That's what I had at my, when I interned at Game Informer in 2015, that's the first time I ever had their breakfast. And me and fellow intern, Joseph Noop, we went there and we both got the crunch wrap and we're like, oh, this will probably be like, okay. And then we ate it and it was like, it was like the giver, like we could see (laughs) color suddenly (laughs) and we got it like every day for a week. It's just, it's, it's the same principle of a burrito, right? It's got everything you need. Yeah. A nice crunch wrap package. It's clean. Got your crispy hash brown sausage or steak. If you want to go that route, sauce, egg, cheese. It's great. Sounds pretty darn perfect. I dare say so myself. Uh, Question two, who's the coolest dude? The coolest dude. You know, it's 
probably the rock right and and we're going Ooh. by like the rock not dwayne johnson the person who is pretty cool but i mean Ooh. like the character of the rock the wrestling character yeah five thousand dollar shirts uh sunglasses the whole deal yeah i actually taught myself how to raise one eyebrow as a kid like practice in front of a mirror for i i don't know how long it took but it took it took a while until i did it to this day i can raise an eyebrow oh because of the rock it's an audio medium but he's doing it excellently yes and he's (laughs) yeah that's yeah that's pretty tough to argue uh question three steak chicken or fish chicken they're all great but it chicken's like the ultimate blank canvas right you can Mm. do anything with it and i enjoy cooking so like recipe wise it's the most fun to work with Mm. um but i do love uh steak and fish too so yeah chicken for its versatility yeah uh question four what's the best gift you've ever gotten wow Man, I I stopped getting gifts on the regular a long time ago, (laughs) which is kind of sad, I guess, in a way. I don't mind it. I just was like, when's the last time I got like a legit like, wow, gift? I will say, um, wow, okay. (laughs) This might have to go back a ways. Maybe when I was, uh, when the PlayStation 2 came out, my uncle, who was like, the cool uncle like everyone's got a cool uncle right that gets them the things that no one else can get them because either they have more money or they're just better Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um he got me and my brother i have a younger brother uh each our own playstation 2 which was huge because yeah right because up to that point we had always had to share a single console and then he changed the game by like no you each get one and we're like what and that was the first time I had a console that was just for me that wasn't a handheld. Um, so wow. that like opened my world and a, a new stage of independence in my life of like, hey, I can play Sly Cooper or something all day. And if you don't like that, if you want to play some lame like 25 to life or something, go for it. But <laughs> I'm going to be in my room playing Final Fantasy X. <laughs> so that's incredible. Wow. What a Christmas. Oh, that oh the box that would have gone viral in a heartbeat. A pair of PlayStation Twos open it up. Come on, that was some re- that was some real Oprah energy. <laughs> Check under your seat, Marcus. Ah! Like, this is just mine. <laughs> Metal Gear Solid Two. Ah! <laughs> uh, question five: What's the best gift you've ever given? Hmm. This is gonna sound messed up. I don't give a lot of gifts. Um, it's, you know, it's I guess it goes hand in hand with the lack of receiving gifts. Uh, <laughs> at least it's um, hmm, the best gift I've ever given. Man, the longer I take, the more of a monster I sound. I have given <laughs> gifts in my life, by the way, <laughs> listeners, for sure. Um, you know, I once. When I was really young, I was at church and I forget what it was. It was some sort of function where they had like vendors, like outside vendors show up and they were just kind of like selling stuff or or giving it away. And I wanted to get something for my mom. And I found this like, I guess in hindsight, it was like a, a, like a little container to hold like maybe earrings or something, but it was like this heart shaped crystal thing 
that had like water in it and like bees and it probably looked it was probably cheap in high set but as a kid i thought it was like this rare treasure yeah uh, i was like oh my god like i gotta get that and like i think they just gave it to me i don't i don't remember exchanging money because i wouldn't have had any money as like a an eight or seven year old <laughs> you just had like twigs and something and just handed it to the person yeah to this day i don't know how i got this <laughs> i i didn't steal it though probably um and I, I gave it to her and she was very happy and I was very happy. And I, and she, and I think to this day, she has it. Like she, you know, she held on to it for a, a very long time. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. I, I absolutely think that qualifies hundred uh, percent. Question six. What did you want to do for a living when you were a kid? I, the two main things that I wanted was either to be a basketball player. Cause that was a, that's the only time I'm not a sports guy. Uh, the only time I was interested in sports was during the nineties, uh, that bulls ah, run. Yeah. yeah. Like I was a huge Michael Jordan fan. And so I watched all the bulls during their peak, like every game, <laughs> all their championship stuff. Like I was there for it. And so like, I would play basketball with friends. I never played on a team like officially or anything like that, but I had like his Jersey. And then I got the space jam Jersey when I came out and I was like, nice. I'm going to, I think I'm going to do this. I'm going to be like the opening to space jam when he's playing with his dad. I was like, that's me. Like I'm the prodigy kid. And like, people are going to notice me <laughs> like, wow, he's really good. Um, that didn't go very far. And then uh, after that, the more serious one was uh, being a cartoonist because oh. like drawing and I still, I even, I don't draw nearly as much as I used to, but I'm, I'm good at it just naturally. And I used to make my own comic books like either superhero stuff or even like like funnies like sunday comic style stuff that's uh, incredible wow yeah and i went to like a lot of like art classes and tried to get into an art school one time didn't work but yeah that was something that was probably seriously considered for a good while during my childhood wow that's fascinating right, were, were there any Here's here's one of those off the cuff ones I promised right up front. Um, was there any particular like cartoon strips or cartoons that you tried to emulate or big fans of? Or that, I'm I'm also a fan of that stuff. This is gonna sound very weird for a child, but I was really into Dilbert. Uh, <laughs> like I quote unquote Marcus Stewart. I was really into Dilbert <laughs> as like an eight year old. Like for some, and my, it, I just, I don't know what it was. And I honestly, I kind of learned how an office worked and like a lot of adult things just wow. through kind of context clues of like, I think I know what they mean by this. Yeah. And my mom noticed this and my mom was super cool and was like, oh, he's taking an interest in this thing. I'm going to like nurture that. So she bought me like those, those kind of like bounded collections of Dilbert nice <laughs> and I would take it to school and, and just be reading this office satire comic <laughs> in elementary school and I liked other stuff like I love Garfield and like I guess like you know Peanuts and all that stuff but yeah. like Dilbert something about like the I guess I understood wit <laughs> earlier than than most and I think that kind of helped shape my sense of humor during that time uh, so there were like my the tone of the things I was writing for like the more kind of like comedic comics was definitely that I would love to reread that now to see what it, like an eight or nine year olds like attempt that satire oh, <laughs> looks like. That's that is its own Twitter account. Like if you could find comic strips that like a a, a preteen made. <laughs> oh, brilliant! Because I just I applied it to it. school. I was like, oh, instead of an office, I'll like satirize school yeah oh, that's gold i love it 
Uh, <laughs> uh, question seven. What's the pretty much the same tone as the last question? What's the largest animal you can beat in a fight? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Have I ever fought an animal? It's weird that you have to think about such a thing. You didn't even remember that. I was like, how many? Times? So I used to be a, a Boy Scout. So I was in the woods quite oh, a bit. That's where uh, they are. That's you're on their. <laughs> that's their home turf. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I've, I've shared domains with them. I used to be terrified of wild boars. I uh, never came across them. I could probably fight, not a boar, but this is, I, I almost want to say a gator. I live in Florida, so I am completely desensitized to them. <laughs> and like, I know enough about them to like know what not to do if, they, if a situation came where I had to like fight a gator. Like, you definitely want to fight in water. That's That's just. Yeah, you're putting Instant, yourself at a, a yeah, huge disadvantage there. Yeah, <laughs> but if like if one came at me on land, and I've again I've watched enough crocodile hunter and stuff that's like okay if I hop on its back and just kind of like maybe like cover its eyes can't it'll just be like freaking out or whatever yeah, get, like a good go. yeah and I've seen videos of like trappers and stuff I think I could take a gator on land I I think you could in a squared circle you and a gator you got this yeah. No one uh, uh, signed me up for any gator wrestling, by the way. <laughs> I, can, I, can, I can hear my inbox blowing up. Well, extra life incentive number one. <laughs> if you wrestling. donate enough, I, I will take on a gator. <laughs> Where's my checkbook? Uh, question, uh, question eight. Who's someone you look up to? You know... There's a you know there's a bunch of different answers to this, but I'd say the main one, and this isn't even a real person, but um, I'm a huge Spider-Man fan and always have been. And Peter Parker is a guy that like even if I I, I think it's one of the things I didn't realize how much I kind of looked up to him until I got older. You yeah. know, as a kid, you're just like, oh, he's cool, and I liked him because he reminded me of me, and because it's like, oh, he's like some nerdy shy guy that just gets powers and has to figure it out. I can relate to that. I like other superheroes like Batman or whatever, but I. I'm not a rich guy with dead parents, uh, <laughs> but I am like a nerdy shy kid. Uh, so yeah. And like, even to this day, like I, I read amazing Spider-Man like weekly to this day. Um, wow. Guess his, his overwhelming commitment to doing the right thing, no matter what, even if that backfires a lot sometimes uh, to him, for him to kind of stay the course and just like, no, like right is right. No matter what. Even if that gets muddled sometimes, I, I I just love that about him. I think that that general attitude of like do good no matter what, and if you know you can do good, then you should. That's uh, inspiring to me, and I think it's only become more so as I've gotten older, and especially like in the last few years or so. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'll say good old good old Pete, good old Pete. I love it. Uh, question nine: first album you bought with your own money this it was a kanye west graduation mm. in 2007 i was a huge kanye west fan uh it's weirder now <laughs> but, it's, yeah it's just it's, so much more complicated he now. makes it very hard <laughs> it's, uh, it's like yes i like he is one of the greatest of all time absolutely there's no disputing that especially those like graduation college dropout absolute classics the, the first three are just yeah or late registration i should say yeah yeah uh, um and graduate and but the reason I bought graduation was because I don't know if you remember this, but at the time 50 Cent had that bet with him 
where he because he released Curtis the same day, yep. and he said he would retire if Kanye's album outsold him. And he like this was entirely instigated by Fifty Cent. Like he threw all of this on himself. Oh, yeah. And I was not. I've never been like a huge Fifty Cent guy. I appreciate him as I've gotten older, like just as an artist. But back then, I was like, ah, it's trash hip hop. Yeah. I was very much more of like into like like actual lyricism and like underground stuff and i was like yeah he's like some commercial dude whatever uh so the idea of like i want to see if he's actually going to commit to that so i will buy graduation <laughs> uh because back then you know the, we weren't buying albums you know that's what limewire was for and stuff right, right. <laughs> um, yeah. so but i was like you know what i gotta get this so yeah i did it squarely to support kanye west and then it worked because he won and then of course 50 cent didn't actually they didn't yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny because i literally during quarantine too i went through old like dvds and cds and stuff that i had just like eh, maybe i can get rid of some of these or this and that and i didn't realize how many burnt cd r's that i had <laughs> from like high school and college that was exactly that it was like here's late registration here's graduation and i would like sharpie the cover in here's like an old talib quali album that i'm just gonna hold on to here and it's just like yeah i have all this digitally i just i don't even know where i'd put a cd anymore to be honest so i, I still have my burn cds i used to my mom used to work with a guy that like did it and oh. he like he would uh uh go to her and then she would come to us and say like oh like put a list of songs together i can get you some cds made and stuff for like 10 bucks or whatever and so like on the regular i would write down like okay i want because this is before like this was pre-ipod right yeah and i but i didn't have money i never had an allowance or anything so i couldn't buy cds i had a walkman um but like it's funny because when the ipod came out that's exactly what i want i was like i was like if there's only a device that could have a bunch of songs in one place because as cool as it was to have a bunch of mixed cds i was like oh you have to change them out if you're like which mixed cd had this song that i want to listen to so eventually i started losing track and then around <laughs> that time was when the ipod debuted um but yeah i still have all those weird burn cds this guy used to make and he would always put like nerdy cover art like one of them has like wolverine on it and yes. stuff like that because he knew his audience he's like oh some kids some nerdy kids are listening to this uh unbelievable uh <laughs> uh question 10 what's your go-to karaoke song man i don't karaoke so this would have to be like i guess if i was singing by myself sure um, like like in car karaoke like uh is that james corden fella like something like that okay <laughs> yeah uh, man you know man it's a mood thing there's a lot of songs that i'll just yeah if i'm like even if i'm like out jogging i'll be like you know you're like singing it to yourself beneath your breath hoping nobody notices yeah. um <laughs> we'll go with michael jackson hmm. like just as a, as a whole as an artist that's fair yeah i'll say if i had to pick one uh believe it or not this might surprise people i might go with remember the time that's a great one it is yeah. a great one i feel like people want to would expect like you know thriller or like beat yeah. it bad B billy and, jean yeah the... and those are great too but like remember the time is a banger <laughs> it is a fun song oh yeah sing. No, I have a, a buddy of mine who swears that Blood on the Dance Floor is the best Michael Jackson song ever written. And it's like, you're incorrect, but I respect it. Like, it's still a good song. Yeah, it's a good rogue choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, question 11. 
last song you listened to? Ooh, this would have been yesterday. Uh, Metal Wingus by Ultra Bridge. Nice. Edge, edge style. Edge's theme song, yes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was, yeah, it's one of my good, I was working out. That's one of my go-to workout songs. It's just so good. It's just so good. That's what got that me they... into Alter Bridge was Edge. <laughs> when he debuted that song on Raw, I remember listening to hearing it. And I was like, wait, that's not his, you know, never going to stop song. And it was like, that. Was, what was that? Like, that was great. I don't know what this is. And I remember spending forever because this is early internet. And also I wasn't super, I didn't have a computer in my house at the time. Mm. Um, so like that was kind of, I had to go to the library and stuff to look that up. And I remember when I found it, like, it felt like this archaeological dig because I was like, <laughs> I don't know the name. I don't know the artist. I like, and finding oh, wow. this is pre YouTube. Yeah. So, Cause it was like, Oh, four that he, or yeah. Like oh, late Oh four that he started using it. Um, so it was a, it was a search <laughs> to find this until WWE.com finally uploaded the theme song and I could listen to it. And then even then I had to, like i think i was typing the lyrics on like search engines and then just stumbled <laughs> upon it that's uh amazing early internet is just so impossible to describe to anyone today <laughs> <laughs> yeah right it like, really is anyone listening probably like oh how did it take some like you don't get it man okay no. <laughs> there wasn't just a repository of every video ever like it just was you just went. You just went to someone's Angel Fire page and hoped they had a, you know, MPEG of it or whatever. It's like real <laughs> effort to use the internet. Seriously. Um, question twelve: What's a band or musical artist you want to hear more from? For the longest time, and I guess we're kind of getting this down. Uh, Lauren Hill was wrong. She only did that one solo album, "Miseducation yeah. of Lauren Hill," which is a classic. And then she had that unplugged album that was like, you know, it was fine, but it wasn't like, you know, it doesn't count really. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then that was, that's pretty much been it <laughs> since then. And Miseducation was 99. Uh, yeah. But, it's you know, a... she, she's reuniting with the Fugees this year for I... the, the tour, which is insane. I, I, I'm still in the camp of I'll believe it when I see it. I, <laughs> I would love fair. to see it, but I don't know. Just something tells me like a shoe is gonna drop and something's gonna crumble in this whole thing like i don't know i'm gonna have a show when she shows up three hours late <laughs> and Praz has just had enough like it's gonna be something i don't know i again i would love to see it i'd love to be first row at it but yeah we'll see. <laughs> fingers crossed fingers crossed uh 13 what's a song that brings the most emotion out of you Man, that's ooh, there's so many. Uh we'll say we'll go we'll pick a random one. We'll go Beatles and let's go with um you know, hey Jude's kind of the easy answer, even though it's an incredible song. Um Yesterday's really good. Yesterday is a really yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's hard how do you not feel anything listening to that classic <laughs> especially on like a rough day or something that just it could tug on every heartstring you know what i mean like yeah it's an excellent choice um 14 what's your favorite music video 
man you know i was never like a huge music video guy um even during like you know growing up at the height of mtv or you know um i used to i really liked as messed up as it was i i really liked uh stan by eminem oh yeah it's a random choice but just the i mean the song itself you know is enough of a gut punch (laughs) but then you throw that video in there too oh yeah and and sometimes uh depending on the channel they would very heavily edit that whole last (laughs) verse like it basically didn't happen after a certain point so (laughs) yeah uh yeah it's a great one though uh 15 you got a million dollars but you have to donate it all to charity what charity is it going to huh i did just get 2000 to the orlando dream center which is cool hey it's fantastic hmm it's weird i used to always want i've always wondered this too of like if i suddenly got a ton of money who would i give it to and i never i never thought of a specific charity it was always towards like a a cause in general right of like oh i'm just gonna like i'm gonna end hunger or i'm gonna excuse me get yeah. like some houses built in a third world country like stuff like that so i, I guess it'd be like who's responsible for like working on climate change and or like homelessness like find me the people in charge of that and just go up to them and be like hey i got all this money what what can i do to help you know so yeah, yeah i don't have any like specific charity in mind but yeah it'd be that it it would be me going on a world tour with my money to and asking like who's who's the who's the who's in charge of this problem <laughs> yeah and with these I, comically large checks in your hands <laughs> just carrying it through airports uh and saying i i got money i want to help w- what can we do i love it uh 16 favorite holiday halloween Ooh, coming right up too it's the most fun you know yeah. christmas loses christmas is fun and, and it's cool for family but it loses its luster at least in my case, again, it was like, I don't really get gifts anymore for Christmas the way you used to, right? As you get older, yeah. and even now, um, especially being single and whatever, you're like, I'm, I ain't getting nothing. But <laughs> 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 like, Halloween is always fun, no matter what. It doesn't have like a limit. You could even trick or treat as an adult if you really wanted to. And I did it longer than probably most without a kid uh because i realized very early if like if i wear a mask no one knows how old you are life like, hack right there it's true right and if you're not like overly tall like i've seen teenagers that are taller than me and look like they have mortgages <laughs> and you know, like he's like 18 so like i i've been told that i look like 10 years younger than i am so it's like yeah throw a mask on and if i have to take it off i could pass for like a high schooler and i also people don't care I think a lot of people just like, hey, you're here. Here's some candy. They already bought the candy. Like, who are they to say yay or nay? Like, they're not, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I don't see a height chart outside yeah. their house. <laughs> that would be the reverse height brutal. chart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you must be this short to eat. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, that's yeah. Uh, seventeen. What's your go-to drink when you walk into a coffee shop? Keep it basic, just Americano, cream and sugar. Nice. 18, it's a big one. Spell the word gray. 
G-R-E-Y. Wow. <laughs> is that <laughs> is that I just I, like I make I like making a big deal out of that one. <laughs> I blame X-Men. Jean Jean Grey Ooh, has yeah. a, a big part of that. Those tag X-Men. Um 19? What's your prized possession? So uh as a side hobby that a lot of people might not know about, uh going back to the Spider-Man thing, I collect amazing spider-man comics oh and one of my goals is to get every single issue every single one even number one the Whoa. super expensive and super rare one was through hooker by crook i will get that issue um and i have over 400 of the 870 something that wow. is currently there and the rarest one i have is i have amazing spider-man number five now think about that number five for and uh, for those that don't know, that is the issue where Spider-Man battles Doctor Doom for the first time, and that's a noteworthy issue because it's the it's Doctor Doom's first appearance outside of a Fantastic Four comic. Uh, it's not in amazing condition; like it's kind of faded. I paid more for it than anything any other comic I've ever paid for because <laughs> it's like okay, like it's not like pristine, but it's still like the fifth issue of Spider-Man ever. Yeah. <laughs> And it's got historical significance with the Doctor Doom stuff. So, yeah, that one was... And it's funny because I went to my comic store years ago, saw it there, asked my guy, like, is that really the the ones? I've seen it all, you know, in passing so many times. And he's like, yeah. And I saw the price. And I was like, I could afford it. But I was like, well, that's a lot. So I remember saying, like, okay, I'm going to, like, sleep on it and then come back tomorrow. And I got in my car, drove out, did a full loop around the parking lot. <laughs> like that that one loop i kept thinking like you know i should just do it what if it's not there tomorrow like i should just just go for it just go for it you know right because oh, yeah. it's not there i'm gonna hate myself and i know i can afford it just do it and so i came back in and he just started laughing i was like all right let's just do it <laughs> and i'm glad i did because i've had it for a while now and it's a really cool thing and i've got some other noteworthy entries in there but that is that is the one wow that is uh, what a collection that's uh, that's incredible uh, uh question 20 are you competitive i always feel like no but then it secretly comes out so probably i like especially when i'm playing games like i'm not like a rage trash talky player because i don't play a lot of online multiplayer but if it's like a local thing like especially fighting games because that's mm. why i love fighting games I grew up playing with my brother that is where it'll come out. Smash Brothers for sure. Ooh. Um racing games. Like I, I do I, I feel I'm more competitive than I realize. I've kind of gradually accepted that. Uh as if it's like a game of some sort, whether it's a board game, uh even trivia, uh, you know, coming off of trivia tower and mm. winning that, like in the back of my mind, like once the kind of starstruckness of it wore off, then the 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 side that said It'd be really cool to win this kicked in. <laughs> <laughs> you just cracked your knuckles and just went, all right, let's do this. Thing. Oh, I was so in the zone, like focused, like I I like I want to beat everyone here. <laughs> so yeah, I'd say I I'm probably more competitive than I realize. Nice. And I will say this is very niche, but during that trivia tower uh, all stars, you can catch it on YouTube, Trivia Tower All Stars. Um there was a there was a question that was what music is this from 
and I believe the correct answer was Crash Bandicoot. It was. And, and you guessed every other Crash <laughs> game, I believe. And yeah. We had a group in the Midmax Discord who was watching along with it live, and we were just like, Marcus, just say Crash 1! <laughs> Like everybody was screaming it. It's so funny. Even I rewatched that bit and like realizing how close I was to losing that. I was like frustrated with myself of like, why did I just start with Crash One and work up? <laughs> why did I start with two and three? And I think Blessing said Crash ba- Crash Bash. I was like, I was so like somebody could have easily picked up on that and just said Crash because why not? Why not guess Crash One? It's such a basic answer. Yeah. Oh. Uh, what an incredible moment it was so so much fun uh 21 do you consider golf a sport absolutely golf is hard and i've never played a game of actual golf i've only ever done mini golf but i've never like actually hit the ball the way you're supposed to i've definitely trespassed on a lot of golf courses Mm. Uh, (laughs) but yeah to hit imagine the skill involved with that like you have to hit this tiny ball great distances to a target that you can't even really see and you just like you just kind of look and gotta like hawkeye it (laughs) (laughs) and like the fact that anyone even gets close is amazing to me but when somebody gets a hole in one that's like and i I, and i don't even know how you train for that (laughs) other than like i guess aim yeah aim training it's like well (laughs) yeah i guess i should hit it about 25 feet farther next time it's like well, what part of your body do you tell it to to hit it like exact measurements like that it, it, it is what is the golf workout because you look at half of them you're like they don't look like they're hitting the gym necessarily some of them no a lot of them are got that the, got the beer belly going you know making liberal use of the golf carts to go from <laughs> to hole to hole it's uh it's a whole ordeal uh better than i could do i'll tell you that much mm-hmm uh 22 have you ever played any sports not uh not organized i was never on the team for like schools or like the community but i did grow up playing with like neighborhood friends uh i used to be really into kickball i think kickball should be an olympic sport yeah it's it's exciting right it's basically baseball but better because you can hit your opponents with the ball and not get in trouble (laughs) And it won't injure them as well. Probably. Yeah, not really. Not leave a that much of a welt. Maybe a little, you know. I was really good at kickball in elementary school. When my I went to an elementary school that took it seriously, like we had like organized tournaments with like classes against each other and stuff. So we're like, oh, our fifth grade class against like Mrs. Smith's fifth grade class, our rival. <laughs> Even though like half the people over there are your friends. Um, but when it hit the field, they went out the windows. Like I'm catching this ball. Yeah, you think you you think you're a good kicker, but. No, Wait, just, no friends on the kickball court <laughs> it's big yeah i guess field it's pretty much a baseball field field yeah 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 uh da, 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 23 favorite sport to watch i guess wrestling doesn't count <laughs> sports entertainment it's if we're going yeah, probably basketball like i said like i i don't watch anything now i'm not a sports guy but if I, you know, when you're in a situation like, hey, I'm with friends or watching sports or something, like basketball isn't one. Since I did grow up watching it, I understand it. And so yeah. I can, I don't need to know any of the players outside of like the, you know, like the stars, like LeBron or whatever. But it's like, oh, I, I can watch it and like have a decent time. And it's the, it's the only sport that I've attended live the most. 
Oh. Um, like growing up in Florida, I've been to some Heat games, uh, especially uh, when LeBron was here and everybody was a bandwagon fan. Uh, <laughs> Turns out uh, they, they like that LeBron guy. They kind of follow him wherever he goes. Oh, it was funny because I was like, I wasn't, like I said, I didn't watch. So I was like, oh, it's cool to see like LeBron. Like, oh, he's like, I, even I know that like he's like once in a generation player. So to see him live, you're like, oh, I can appreciate him. But to see the people, I was like, like I've never seen you talk about basketball to this man showed up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, at least I don't pretend to watch this. <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, 24 theme parks. Huge. So um, I, as again, as a Floridian, uh, oh, I've of been blessed to have very easy access to uh, Universal Studios and Disney World and stuff. And I live in Orlando now, and I, I live, we'll say, incredibly close to Universal <laughs> Studios in a way that almost feels unfair wow. uh, and can literally go on a whim. Uh, I love rides. I'm a huge ride guy. I love roller coasters. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm the guy that when you go to a theme park, I'm going to bug you to be like, hey, what are we doing? Why are we walking around so much? Let's get in line for this. Are we, are we going to pass this? We're going to pass this ride? <laughs> Let's get on this. This is why we're here, right? We're not here to walk around and stare at stuff. Like, as much money as we're paying to be here? <laughs> Might as well. <laughs> Got to use it. Uh, question 25. Dubbed the Ron Bennington after famous radio personality. You're standing in a wrestling ring. And a wave of nine-year-olds, a random mix of boys and girls, are coming down to the ring to fight you. How many nine-year-olds did you beat in this fight? Oh, okay. What is beating? Is it just incapacitating them? Uh, yes, knockout or judge's decision. <laughs> okay. Judge throwing up the X, you know. It's, <laughs> you gotta... And they're all coming as one kind of like wave, not like one at a time, like Royal Rumble style? Correct. One, okay. one wave of X uh coming down to the ring where x plus one would probably beat you to put I'd it in math terms <laughs> i could probably take out uh, i'm thinking i'm being realistic or like nine year nine year olds are not that small uh i could probably take out like 10 before they like wise up and maybe start like scaling me like a colossus and then just <laughs> bring me down <laughs> and, and completely swarm me i could probably get 10 out of them after any more than 10 they'll start to unionize and really come up with a good strategy for it and just like everybody out go for the legs they're right there uh 26 what's a game you know you can win oh this is any game right not even video games anything you have an excellent rock paper scissors game this is where you brag about it <laughs> hmm you know, this is probably overreaching. <laughs> but I mean, I really good at Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh. That is my that is my TCG of, of choice. I'm not saying I'm Yugi Moto and Seto Kaiba put together. <laughs> but if somebody was like, hey, let's duel, and I was like, Yeah, let's go, I'd be pretty confident that I could take that person no matter what they had. Wow. To this day, still this, I yeah, I don't play competitive I used to play competitively up to I stopped around uh, during the 5Ds era, and that was only because I was in college at the time, and keeping up with cars while trying to pay rent and stuff gets expensive. <laughs> um, and uh, But I, I still kept up with it, like, just in passing. I was like, oh, what's, what's new? And I do have a competitive deck, like a, a real deck that is uh, 
pretty current. And like I said, I keep an eye on things. So like if if you threw me in there today, I wouldn't be clueless. Like I know how everything works. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Come at me, duelist. <laughs> Gonna get so many at mentions from I got this tune deck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't tell Dan to act that. <laughs> uh uh 27 what topic can you discuss the most video games or wrestling easily it seems like a, a layup there yeah uh 28 favorite place you visited i i love uh new york city it's, you know that's like a cliche answer but i mean i've been there enough times and my family there it's like it's great right it's just it's, it's, it's pretty sweet yeah it's like the real life version of atlantis right it's like <laughs> it, it, it's like when you really think about it it's like this legendary city that you can visit because it's it's in everything it's in every like fiction and story you know the marvel universe is centered on new york and like until you go it's always the thing that you see on tv constantly because it's in everything and so when you it almost doesn't feel real in a way because every like everything happens in new york city it seems and then when you go for the first time it's like magical and you're like and then you realize like once the the kind of like mystique wears off and you get down to like what the city really has to offer of like i can get anything at any time it's 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 great i don't know if i could live there i would like i always think i want to try it for like a year just to say that you right because like hey if you make it here you can make it anywhere right (laughs) um but yeah, I, I love visiting there every time I go. You always find something new to do or something new to eat. Uh, it's great. New York's fun. It it truly is. I'm very I'm very spoiled because I'm from New Jersey, in New Jersey currently. And uh, I grew up just like, oh yeah, we can go to New York, catch this show, do this. Yeah, you're like me with go theme to, parks. Go to dinner. Exactly. So like, there. sometimes I really have to think about it. Like I was in New York. Uh, uh last weekend actually for a, for a podcast recording shout out uh, jeffrey james and the headgum podcast um and uh it was so funny people like oh from nashville and people from washington state and all this kind of stuff and they were just like wow this is new york this is crazy and i'm just like yeah i'm just kind of kind of over it not not in a bad way but it's just like uh, yeah I, you know to take a train in <laughs> like poo-pooing it like get over it <laughs> it's not that cool come on <laughs> try to ruin their magic yeah but no it's a it's a great town uh 29 what's your catchphrase my catchphrase it's like a weird thing right i feel like that's something someone else tells you and you're like do i really say that all the time and they're like you kind of do um then you get very self-conscious about it (laughs) (laughs) it's like giving yourself a nickname right like you don't Mm. you don't do that (laughs) um my catchphrase let's say uh what's the worst that can happen which is a double-edged sword it's usually a jinx but i that's kind of how i like to say it like anytime there's a situation it looks like that could easily fall apart i'll throw that in there to mess with people because they'll be like why would you say that and to me it kind of dispels it makes it easier for me of like let's just get that like what's the worst that can happen this thing that could easily go sideways (laughs) (laughs) to like make light of it kind of makes it easier to deal with you know right 100 percent, 100 percent. 
if I ever go to space as we're launching, I'm going to say that <laughs> and terrify everyone in my crew. <laughs> White knuckled to the seat. Going, What's the worst that could happen? Uh, uh, 30. What's the best costume or cosplay you've ever worn? Yeah, one. I'm not a, I've never cosplayed. I would like to do it more, but I have a Miles Morales, like legit cosplay suit, uh, the Spider Verse version of Miles Morales. Oh, nice. Because because of that reason, like I always want like a legit cosplay costume for Halloween. I got it uh, two years ago. Actually, wore it on stream last year for Game Informer when Miles Morales the game came out. I wore it on camera. Um, but yeah, I got like the suit. Um, but I didn't buy the full set, which was like uh, the hoodie and stuff because that was like expensive. And I knew I could just DIY that, so I got the suit. And then I bought like um like the red hoodie and the, and I had a jacket that was pretty much the same already and you know the shorts the only thing I don't have is like the the Jordans right because that's like oh those, well those are yeah. Jordans <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't have those laying around it's it gonna be a very expensive part of that uh, outfit yeah <laughs> uh thirty one have you ever had anything named after you mm, no no. Like in my honor, the trying to think. God, I almost feel like maybe there is something that I'm like, oh, you think you'd remember, right? Like the Marcus Stewart Street. <laughs> I mean, if you have a street in your honor, I I feel like you'd probably remember that. But hey. like, well, I live on that street. I should know this. Hey, that's me. I don't think so, as far as I know. But let me know, please, if hey. you named anything after me. Hit me up. Get, get in the comments. Uh. 32 hobby you dedicated the most time to oh boy might be if video games i guess video games would be the one right like just the act of playing and, and collecting i mean that's like a lifelong thing but if it's not video games it might honestly be Yu-Gi-Oh. oh yeah yeah because that's it's it's time intensive building those decks testing them out and i was there from the start like i was there when the tcg started like i got the first starter packs of like yugi and kaiba and legend of blue eyes so i have seen the game from its infancy to now (laughs) and i'll still buy packs every now and then like just for fun like in a store like oh like this is what's new i'll just buy a random one see what it is and stuff so there's a very good uh youtube video i wish i could remember who did it i truly don't <clears throat> but it's just called like a breakdown of the first year of the Yu-Gi-Oh meta. And it's, it goes, it's like a 45 minute video that goes very in depth of like, okay, here's when the game was literally just starter set Kaiba, starter set Yugi. Here's what the meta for the decks were. Then this expansion came out and uh, you know, seven color fish or whatever came out and it blew the doors wide open. And then, uh what the Dijin or, or how oh, to... like Lajin, the, the the genie of the lamp. Yes, which like shattered everything because it was the cheapest monster, no sacrifices with the most attack. And it was like if you didn't max your deck out with those, you had zero chance of winning. And it goes super in depth, like through that f- whole first year and how much things changed. Uh very, very interesting stuff. Uh uh highly recommend whoever did that i wish i knew <laughs> <laughs> you know who you are you you know who you are youtuber uh 33 who's a celebrity you've had a crush on who 
I think the first one that I can remember was I was I had a huge crush on Topanga from Boy Meets World. Yes, I think that was like of a certain generation. That's like just your boyhood. Like she's like perfect, right? And it didn't help that I had there was a girl in my fifth grade class who looked just like her. Like it was almost like striking, <laughs> like a fifth grade version of Topanga, which I guess would be like early Topanga, right? When they're like little kids. Yeah. Um. So like by default i had a crush on her too because of that works and i legit would imagine like oh we're gonna be just like i'm i'm Corey. we're gonna have the same thing we're gonna become friends and we're gonna grow up together and it's gonna be great uh and then that didn't happen past fifth grade (laughs) it was fourth and fifth grade and then we went our separate ways i don't know what she's doing now i hope (laughs) she's fine i still love you (laughs) (laughs) wherever you are not topanga uh 34 what's the strangest job you've ever had i oh boy this is the shortest job i ever had too um i had um i was a server for about four combined years but in between the two restaurants i worked at i was like i want to try something different and i got a job as basically a salesperson um literally just a shot in it like i really i was just trying to test myself basically yeah and um it was one of those um if anyone's ever been to like sam's club or bj's or any of those huge like warehouse stores if you ever go in there and you ever see like the random like boots with the dudes standing there and they're like trying to get you to stop and like buy their weird thing that was me i did that for about a month month and a half and it was it was awful. It was also the worst job I ever had because <laughs> it was where I found out the limits of my like social anxiety because I've never been a good salesman. I, I just don't have the acquired ability to not care about people's boundaries <laughs> and to just sell your thing no matter what. I'm just too nice, I guess, and considerate. <laughs> and so like that job, like so I was selling um a line of hair like woman's hair care products by a guy named uh jose a bear who was like okay. some sort of celebrity stylist like he did like oprah's hair and like mariah carey and stuff like i had to learn all this to sell that i had never heard of this <laughs> he's like this french old dude that wears a cowboy hat <laughs> well i'm sold hey. <laughs> right and he sold like i had to sell like flat irons and curlers and stuff and i had to wear a suit which is the only job i ever had to I had to wear a suit and i hated it because i hate wearing suits um even though i look damn good in one uh <laughs> and uh and like the dude that was like my mentor he was like a younger guy who had the he, he had the like overly nice salesman thing of like he's almost nice to the point of being menacing <laughs> and he was teaching me these techniques of like this is how you walk up to someone and ruin their day by throwing a hair curler in their face and saying like whatever you're doing doesn't matter right now this is what you want basically and it's take i could not believe what he was teaching me because he was literally like hey go up to someone bring the product with you like just like hey i'm trying to remember if i can remember the spiel i think i might have jettisoned it from my memory but it was like hey you you know hi you know my name's marcus i don't know if you said my name but basically it was like here, hold this. Like, literally shove it in them because they're going to take it, right? Someone just pushes a thing and you're like, oh, what's this? Because the idea is like, oh, when they touch it, it establishes ownership, right? And they're going to want it more. Like, it's it's like a weird mental thing. And then when they're holding it, like, what is this? You go through your thing like, that's Jose Bear's brand new flat iron. Here, 
all right, so here's the, the most messed up thing about this this pitch, right? As soon yeah. as you introduce it, you go, come here, I'll show you. And you literally ditch them to go back to your table, right? Like you straight up ditch them because the idea is that they have to chase you because they're like, wait, you forgot your thing. Oh. And then you get them back to your table. And then <laughs> that's where the real like pitch begins. Yeah, and yeah. I could not believe like, wait, what? And he's just saying it like, yeah, that's fine. And I watched him do it over and over. And like, there was a whole science to the way you had to turn around. Like you had to do like a heel spin. <laughs> so like, it was like the ignition to the ditching. <laughs> and, oh my God. and I could, I hated it so bad. There were so many times I gave it to like an older person who was slow and I would want to like slow down. <laughs> rude right i'm not gonna out but like i would do it i would try to like keep up with them and then the dude my mentor would be like why did you no don't do that keep going i was like what kind of a monster are you (laughs) but i had to like lock away my humanity for this month and a half and just like i felt like a piece of me die every time i did it because i could hear them sometimes be like hey slow down sometimes they didn't even follow me they would just leave it in a random aisle which always sucked because then i have to go look for it <laughs> chase it down a costco or whatever like, yeah, like oh, i gotta search this whole store for this thing i don't know where he put it because i'm not allowed to look back you know <laughs> i've already healed her i can't it's fun yeah he he compared it to like it's like an action movie with an explosion like you never look back at the explosion you keep going right it's like that it's like oh this is an explosion all right because <laughs> i feel like like this person's gonna like flip out and like punch me in the face because i that's to me it's like that's so rude but that was the thing and i did that for a month and a half until i literally quit on the job like literally quit on the spot because i just could not handle it anymore it was just too much (laughs) that is so bizarre i couldn't imagine living a life like that that just sounds exhausting (laughs) i had i had hourly quotas like literally every hour I had to call my manager to report like, Hey, I sold this many. And if you didn't hit the the quota again, it was like this menacing niceness of like, Oh, well, why not? <laughs> you know? And it's like, it's so nice. It's like, I almost wish you were just outraged. Cause at least I can like interpret that as like, Oh, he's mad. Like, I don't know. I'm like, um, well, because no one cares. Like I'm trying, <laughs> so I can't make these people buy it, but they're like, yes, you can't. <laughs> it's like like, oh you people are nuts okay that is bonkers that's like glenn gary glenn ross stuff that's just so above my pay grade yeah if you you go to costco bj sam's and you see those people i i feel for them (laughs) unless they're totally into it like my boss then like i avoid them like the plagues i know what's coming (laughs) don't take it don't take the curling iron don't do it uh wow uh 35 book you'd recommend the world to read Ooh, i uh you know i i really like the secret i read oh, that yeah and i still like reading it uh it helped me out a lot during like a dark period of my life we'll say depression was like a big thing and i had it recommended to me over and over and of course because it's me the thing that pushed me over the edge to buy it was a wrestler. Like I heard them in a podcast. I think it was Ryback. Oh, and he yeah, was like, right oh yeah, this, this thing helped me out. And I was like, keep hearing about this. I'll try. I got nothing to lose, right? And I read it and it helped a lot. And I'll still like read chapters. I've read, I've reread the thing so many times in the year since. And I'll reread passages every now and then to kind of like 
pumped me up like okay i could do this you know manifestation all that stuff yeah you know because i'm not a religious person really um i'm not an atheist either you know like i'm kind of open of like who knows right yeah exactly i i can't definitively disprove anything uh so who knows um but yeah i kind of like do i believe that like you know law of attraction all this stuff is real i like to think so or at the very least there is something to it for sure if nothing else it it definitely raises your attitude and yeah. has pushed me to do things that maybe i would have otherwise not done yeah. um so if it's, yeah if it's nothing other than like a, a kind of self-fulfilling prophecy of i'm gonna be positive and things are more positive around me i could i call that a win you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah like it just teaches you how to like hey feel good about yourself and like that's what life should be is like you should always be happy and having a great time there's no reason why you can't like the world tells you that that has to end at some point no it doesn't <laughs> like you're in control like you can you can keep that you know keep your dreams going as long as you want it's up to you dude yeah. so i like that love it uh 36 what's a movie that always makes you laugh hmm i don't re-watch comedies that often but I haven't, even though I haven't seen him for a while, for a long time. Actually, you know what? A recent we'll go uh, the Lego Movie. Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, it's just so charming. It's so well written, and it just the, the writing combined with just the visuals and it's and going into that movie at, at, at release, not expecting anything from it, <laughs> and being blown away of like, wow, they really took nothing and turned this into something. <laughs> This is amazing. So like that, and I'll extend that to the Lego Batman movie too, which it like it was double appealing because of my love of comics. Uh just that I think that is just a brilliant satirical take on just Batman as a character. That rules, yeah. Uh 37. What's the worst movie you've ever seen? You know, I almost want to say the room, but then that movie's entertaining. So is it really bad if I still got entertainment out of it? Even just like filmmaking wise it's horrible yeah <laughs> so like i'm trying to think of something that just made me upset uh off the top of my head angley's hulk made me really bad Ooh, yeah, um, yeah. i went into the theater excited for that because it's like how do you mess up the hulk right it's pretty easy and they somehow made it the hulk boring uh, <laughs> <laughs> um it's probably a lot of horror movies There's so many bad horror movies uh I remember seeing like one missed call with a, some girl that I liked, and then I was like, "This isn't going to work, I guess." If this is your taste in movies, <laughs> I didn't say this, but <laughs> that movie's terrible. Uh, I'm trying to think of like the absolute like. I never walk at it like I'm a weird dude where I will commit to watching something even if I know it's a disaster. I will see it through to the end. Really? Oh, yeah. I I'm quick to tap out if I <laughs> if it's bad, it's bad. I uh, but I I fully respect that commitment. I don't know why it's like this optimism, like sooner or later, right? It's got to get better. <laughs> Even though I know it's like no, this is it, huh? <laughs> there was a there was a point where um, it was me and my buddy. We had nothing to do on like a Sunday afternoon or something, and we went to see Epic Movie. You remember Ooh, when they were doing those yeah. like parodies of movie trailers basically it wasn't even parodies of movies anymore it was just like quick snippets of things and literally about 20 minutes in i just turned to him and i just like 
I just tapped. <laughs> I literally, phys- <laughs> I physically tapped in my seat. And I said, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think I can do this. Oh, you know what? I just thought of one. Have you ever seen uh, Sean Connery's final film, this animated film called Sir Billy that came out in 2012? It was a Scottish made animated film. Um, look it up if you've never seen the trailer. It is some of the worst CG animation you'll ever see in your life. He plays like an old, an old just Scottish dude who skateboards for some reason. And like the ostensibly the plot is saving animals from a big corporation, but the story goes all over the place. And like uh, Alan uh, Alan Cumming is in it, uh-huh. and it just go. It's just one of those movies where things just happen, and then you don't know why, and then they move on to something completely different. And like the main narrative barely exists, and somehow they got a very tired sounding Sean Connery. Who gave maybe his literally he sounds like they just recorded over the phone the moment he woke up (laughs) throughout the whole movie. And that is his last real credit. Um, And apparently what makes Sir Billy, which is B-I-L-L-I, by the way, if you want to look this up, I I encourage you to find a trailer. Um, What makes it even more just like upsetting is that allegedly he turned down a cameo in Skyfall to do this. Oh no! <laughs> Which came out the same year. Like, imagine a cameo with him and Daniel Craig coming face to face. He I'm said, like, "No, thank you. I'd rather do this instead." I've got Sir Billy on the lineup here. A grandpa, Sir Sean Connery is Sir Billy. My name is William. Billy to my friends. It's a race against time. And the odds and a villainous policeman are against them. Who will get to Bessie first? Can this octogenarian and his boat save the day? With Alan Cumming as Gordon the Ghost, together they will take you on the ride of your life and keep you at the edge of your seat. Sir Sean Connery is Sir Billy, the kind of grandpa we all wish we had. Like they must have thrown so much money at him to do this, which might explain the production values for the rest of the movie. They're like, oh, that was 90% of our budget was getting Sean Connery. Wow, this sounds rough. I I can't wait to look this up. Um 38, who's your favorite actor or actress? favorite actor i have a i have a like a pool like an avenger style pool of these guys so i'll i'll pluck the i'll say leonardo dicaprio i think he's pretty flawless even the movies that are weaker it's rarely because of him yeah you know and yeah he's one of like a reliable like if he's on the market like yeah i'll watch that i love leo um an actress uh let's go with 
I really like Charlize Theron. She's yeah. she's she's cool. She's she's just a cool lady, right? <laughs> oh, she's fantastic. Yeah. Like great actress, a lot of range. She can do like Oscar bait stuff and also just some goofy action thing and be totally like great in both. So like yeah, let's go with her, but like uh I an underrated pick, even though she's I feel like she's more than earned it at this point. I think Emily Blunt still doesn't get uh the appreciation she maybe deserves <laughs> yeah i could totally see that because she's phenomenal but yeah i don't know why her name never comes up in the conversation you know yeah, she's still not like in that that like upper tier it feels like of like huge huge even though she is a huge name it's, it's weird yeah uh, <laughs> no that's a great one uh 39 how cool was it in jurassic park when the raptors were running through the kitchen oh it's real cool i mean it's terrifying it gave me nightmares i had a (laughs) that scene i think is one of the most suspenseful scenes in all of cinema and i don't think it gets the recognition because i guess maybe it's more of a popcorn-y kind of movie yeah um but like it's so well done it's so well shot the 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 reflection trick when it's charging down and she's pulling like that that is that's genius <laughs> like every, sometimes it still got me for years before i figured would remember like no 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 no, it's not actually her um <laughs> but yeah that that scene specifically is the reason i had a phase as a kid where i would dream about velociraptors in my house <gasps> like, oh I, I could totally see it though like that's what this movie is prepping yeah. for <laughs> yeah like just the idea and then you know the door opening mm-hmm. stuff like my my recurring nightmare would be i would be in my bed and my bedroom door like the door would always be like a jar enough where i could see them in my living room and it was always two like in the scene oh, and you know they're making all the raptor noises like the cuckoo cuckoo and stuff and i would be like under the covers but i was like i gotta close the door so i would like quietly like shut the door <laughs> and then go back in bed and then i would hear the like jiggle because they know how to open doors and then they would do it and then jump on my face and tear me apart and I would wake up. <laughs> oh, brutal. Thanks, Spielberg. <laughs> you see but what yeah, you did? Phenomenal scene. Uh, rules. Uh, question 40. First show as a kid you got really into? Probably the original Power Rangers. Yeah. Mighty Morphin? Oh yeah, Mighty Morphin. That was huge for me and my, like, my friends in school like that you know that hit the states like a like a hurricane right like that was a cultural phenomenon for for kids and like obsessing over like going to school like which range are you like you're playing around like i'm red and you're trying to pick your favorite one before anyone else calls it and stuff like that and also it stunk because like being african-american my favorite was the black ranger but not because he was black he was like the coolest one on the team he was the cool guy yeah. <laughs> he had the dance fighting style so it was like oh he looks like me but also like he's legitimately the coolest dude that isn't jason who's cool but it's like a different kind of cool for jason he's like tough guy cool right yeah. or like uh zach is suave cool so I would pick him, and everyone's like, oh, you picked him because you're black. Like, no, I mean, I, mean, I almost resented, like, why does he, the black guy, have to be the black ranger? Because everyone's going to think I'm super shallow. And that's <laughs> the only And also, the other reason, black was my favorite color. As weird as that is for a kid, black technically isn't a color, but I yeah. legitimately just like 
black. It, it just looked cool to me. Um, I didn't grow up a goth kid or anything. <laughs> I wasn't painting my room black or anything, but I just always liked it. It matches with everything. I mean, yeah. So it was like this double thing of like telling people like, no, I just like, I like the color black and you know, Zach's got dance fighting. That's cool. And yes, he's black and that's cool too. I love, but mastodons, mastodons. Look how cool it is. His axe is a gun. (laughs) How cool is that? It's a gun. That's right. I forgot it was. (laughs) It's a shotgun. He (laughs) God, that show ruled. (laughs) Uh, uh, where are we here now? I'm just thinking of power rangers. Uh, 41 uh, who should play you in a movie of your life hmm. I almost want to say either Donald Glover or someone told me this once I never thought of it but I and I feel awful because I can never pronounce this dude's name but it's the dude from 12 years a slave he's in a bunch of stuff like star he's in Doctor Strange he's Baron Mordo um I wish I could help you. It's I, like <laughs> I it's you. like Chihuahua to oh boy, <laughs> I'm like googling it now. Yeah. I need to know how to say his name. I've never learned. I remember I I I, I talked to uh, someone who just said their name effortlessly. I was like, how did you how did you do that? It was like sorcery to me. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm in the boat where I've read it, and that's about as far as I've <laughs> going to push that. Chihuatel, Isha four. Sounds like in the ballpark, yeah. Yeah, I apologize if you're listening, <laughs> Mr. Chiwetel. Um, but someone told me that years ago. Of like, you remind me of the dude from Twelve Years a Slave. And I was like, really? <laughs> I, I guess I, I don't. I don't know how to. I guess he's a good actor. I guess this is a compliment. Yeah. Uh, question forty-two. Who's the biggest celebrity you've ever met in person? I've met. I've been lucky enough to meet several wrestlers. Uh, so that's up there especially just because i love wrestling it's like it, it's different right you're like oh i love these guys like i've met in the last few years i've met uh kenny omega and, and aj styles and and you know, stuff like that and yeah um but as a kid probably the biggest like icon i ever like came in contact with was michael jordan whoa that's huge so, so i went to a heat game as a kid and you know the bulls were like one of the the rivals were there the heat even yeah. though they always kind of stomp the heat <laughs> um, but like i was sitting in the stands that are by the opening where the players come out mm-hmm. and so like jordan like the bulls were coming in and out of there and you know i remember jordan after like one of, i think it was during halftime they're going in there and he was right by me and i i touched his sweaty shoulder <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, good job, you know, little kid, like you did it or whatever I did. And it was like, it was like the probably the closest. I was like, this must be what it's like to touch God. <laughs> like I feel his energy in my hands. Like now I'm gonna be good at basketball <laughs> or That's even better. Works. Yeah. I mean, if if you can get Michael Jordan powers from sneakers when they get struck by lightning, then touching Michael Jordan himself should work. There's a like Mike reference for all of you. <laughs> the least we'll level up from there yeah yeah so it's like you know we didn't share words or anything but i did literally come into contact with him absolutely counts absolutely uh 43 tv show or podcast that you love but you don't think anyone else knows about tv show 
I can say I feel like all the podcasts I like are known. Um, but hmm, TV show no one knows about. I don't watch a lot of TV shows. As a kid, I felt this um, because I, I again, this is kind of like the Dilbert thing of me liking things I probably shouldn't have at the time. As a kid, I was really into Frasier. <laughs> uh. <laughs> and, you know, I, can't, okay. I wasn't okay. going to school and asking, like, hey, did you guys see what happened on Frasier last night? <laughs> Niles and Daphne were a riot <laughs> in, like, eighth uh, grade. Also, I, Daphne was one of my childhood crushes. <laughs> that's a great one. Yeah, yeah. So like that felt I had that feeling as a kid of like I like because I would watch with my mom because she loved Frasier and she loved Seinfeld and I watched that stuff with her. Um, but yeah, Frasier was my jam. And I was like, man, Niles, like you said, the dad is a trip. And I couldn't really share that with anyone that <laughs> was under 10 years old. <laughs> so uh, it was just kind of like me and my mom's thing. <laughs> hey, listen, Frasier's a great show. I will I will fight anyone who says otherwise. <laughs> not physically but maybe in an audio medium uh 44 favorite comedian and even though he's in a lot of trouble right now it might be dave Chappelle. <laughs> oh yeah 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 i don't follow a lot of stand-up uh, i'm not i'm just not a stand-up comedian guy i guess we'll say <laughs> but he's probably the one i've seen the most and i genuinely enjoyed his writing i was a huge Chappelle show fan yeah at the time i, I enjoyed his stand-up I, I i've watched you know like richard Pryor and and some of the like greats and stuff like that but again i i'm i've never really was an enthusiast of it so like he was like the first it's, it, you know what's gonna sound extra sad it's probably the person i've seen the most outside of dave was like dane cook in his prime like in oh five oh six when he was like the biggest thing and like all my friends could not shut up about dane cook <laughs> it's because of that i watched a lot of him <laughs> yeah oh god i forgot he existed until you just <laughs> said those words. that's when he yeah. had, and he was like and he that's when he had his myspace page and that was like still like a a weird or big thing when like a celebrity had a myspace page You're like oh he's like us and he had the like bam like his little hand sign the ba yeah, yeah he had like Sufi. that I remember it was like one level up from the middle finger. He called it the super finger or something. That's right. God, <laughs> these are these are memories I shouldn't still have. But <laughs> yeah, that was my high school. Was like my my friends that were really into Dane Cook, and I I enjoyed him too. I wasn't like in love with him. But I was like, oh, he's kind of funny. And but they were like kissing his feet. Yeah. <laughs> so I had a lot of Dane Cook just in the car sometimes hanging out with them. <laughs> oh man, uh, forty five best saturday night live cast member oh i was never an snl guy it was never a late night dude but uh i want to say i'm trying to think trying to go through everyone that was on snl which is a lot (laughs) it's yeah yeah because most of my exposure to those people would be like after snl pretty much um like will ferrell i I like will ferrell a lot um even now like keenan from like nickelodeon days he has like my my he'll always have my nostalgic like heart <laughs> like, oh yeah man i remember when you were all that keenan and kel look at you now man that's awesome you know let's give the keenan let's give, give it to him because keenan. of that yeah I, I didn't see the other ones coming up i actually saw keenan come up and he's still funny i've watched like his modern stuff like some sketches here and i'm like yeah he still got it he's he's now the longest tenured guy in snl history he's Wait, been there really 
yeah, he's been there, I think, almost 10 years. I think the record was nine prior to this. And he's broken the record and is going for one more. <laughs> like, there you go, Keenan. Yeah. Heck yeah. Hang dominating dominating I, now he needs he, they should get uh coolio on there to like <laughs> continue to perform the keen and kill theme song every time he comes out <laughs> yeah, someone do something with coolio i don't know what he's doing right now but come on he he's, can't be that big like, <laughs> how have we not had a keen and kill zoom reunion last year with all the zoom reunions because everyone was at home we need coolio right? could have been on that he needs give coolio something to do i agree <laughs> bring that hashtag you know, like everyone's going crazy for the brendan fraser revival right now mm-hmm. we need a coolio revival hashtag bring back coolio <laughs> started here uh <laughs> uh 46 what's the nerdiest thing you've done <laughs> that's a rough one <laughs> Oh boy, it was. It would probably be. Oh man, I haven't thought about this in a long time. So, as a second grader, maybe second or third grader, the mask, the movie, the mask had just come out. Right, you know, okay. big blockbuster. I loved it. I was a huge Jim Carrey. Who didn't love '90s Jim Carrey? Right, exactly. Yeah, and I was so into the mask that I would go to school. Right, and I remember I would make the mask i would like make my own mask yeah uh and i would draw like i would draw it color it because i was good at drawing and i would cut it out eye holes everything and what i would do is that i would mess with people by like putting it on quote unquote and pretend to go through the comp uh, the transformation and then go full mask mode after that. So I'd be like, oh, yeah, like, draw, like, put it on my face oh. and then spin around and be like, somebody stop me. <laughs> <laughs> and oh, in hindsight, no. it was the dorkiest, dumbest thing. But I did it all the time and would just do mask antics until, like, one time the teacher took the mask away from me. Um, but then I just immediately made another one. <laughs> yeah, jokes on earth. That's the creative side. You can make as much as you want. <laughs> I said, "There's more where this came from, lady." <laughs> Smoking. <laughs> God. Oh, that oh. is so. That is so funny. Jeez. Ooh. Uh. Yeah, I would say that qualifies nerdiest thing you've ever done. Very yeah. dorky. Yeah. <laughs> uh 47 least favorite state hmm that i've actually visited i've been to quite a few of them um this is gonna be mean because i've been to it a lot georgia's kind of boring to me okay i mean it's like inoffensive right it's not like amazing but it's like what is like georgia's thing Besides peaches and the Coca-Cola factory. Yeah. I was gonna <laughs> say, it's got Atlanta and then a lot of other space to fill there. Like <laughs> Yeah, like Atlanta's in a cool city. I've been there yeah. too many times. Um, but yeah, I guess it, whenever I think of Georgia, it's like, oh, Atlanta. And then I have to pass through it a lot when I fly because it's like the main connecting state out of Florida. <laughs> so I've seen the Georgia airport, which is a huge airport, uh, way too many times. Um, so again, if you live in Georgia, I'm not saying your state is like awful but it's just kind of there <laughs> yeah step yeah. your game up georgia i'll say it i'm here for it 
48, best thing you've ever won? Uh, probably this trivia tower thing, honestly. <laughs> That's pretty good. I didn't, I've never really won things or, or was like a huge competition or at least competition with like an actual prize or like stakes, like real stakes involved. Because yeah. I, I, I never did organized sports. I never did, or I did spelling bees now and again, but never got like super duper far. Um, yeah, that was like in terms of like organized competition, that was really it. So yeah, Trivia Tower All Stars, that was huge for me. It's like not only am I winning a bunch of money for charity, which is awesome, but like I'm beating all of these people that I have either followed or has consumed their content in one form or another for years in some of their cases so i'm like and it's the first time i've come into contact with a majority of them yeah I'm like wow this is wild okay like that whole time i'm sitting there like this is this is crazy oh that's wow that's that's jeff back wow that's mary kish wow that's cool man as you crushed them into the dirt with your knowledge <laughs> <laughs> exactly <laughs> uh, that's great uh 49 i think we might have gotten an answer previously uh, is there anything you've collected or had a collection of? Yeah, I'd say, yeah, like I said, the uh, Spider-Man comics, uh, Yu-Gi-Oh cards, which I still have a, a lot of those. Um, games, though I don't collect as many physical games anymore. Like the PS3 or the PS4 generation kind of like, I fell off on that. But I used to be a huge, like staunchly physical guy if it wasn't like only downloadable. Yeah. Um, and I still have those games. A lot of that stemmed from when I was, I had a PS1 as a kid had a for a kid that had no allowance i read i amassed a pretty impressive collection of games because what i would do instead is that i would trade uh like toys and stuff to get games because that's when you're a kid a toy is like oh. equivalent to a game you, you had no monetary value of like here's a 60 dollar game for a 15 dollar action figure like games are kind of just toys to you right yeah um so i i had like a decent toy collection and that's how i got a lot of games was just hey uh you want this for tomba <laughs> sure <laughs> and um but then when the ps2 came around and i got my ps2 from my uncle i and i still regret doing this i went to eb games or gamestop and traded all of them in because mm. in my mind i was like i don't need these relics anymore <laughs> it's all about the future now look at this fancy console that's got a retractable disc drive we're in star trek mode now please dvds for god's sake (laughs) yeah and i was like i i I was like the only game i kept that i still have from that original collection was final fantasy 9 and that's because i was still in the middle of playing it um but everything else i had like symphony of the night final fantasy the other final fantasies on playstation tactics all the crash bandicoots all the spire like like i said i i to this day i'm almost like man how did i do that (laughs) metal gear solid and all gone <laughs> and that's oh. and i realized like man that was dumb and i regretted it so i kept everything since like i have my entire ps2 collection ps3 and you know other platforms as well yeah. so yeah brutal brutal gotta learn the hard way sometimes yeah uh question 50 dub the ryan davis and the last of the fighting questions i swear you're in a fight to the death with another person equal to your size you're offered either an aluminum baseball bat or a six-inch non-serrated knife. Knowing the weapon you don't choose goes to your opponent. Which do you choose? Knife or bat? Oh, I'm taking the bat. Oh, I'm not. And that's only because I don't want to get hit. I'd rather get 
stabbed or cut than hit with a heavy blood object honestly okay so it, it's more like i i don't necessarily want to use this i just know i i don't want to get hit with this i'm more scared of that than a knife so yeah i'm taking the bat all the way excelsior intrepid heroes it is i your friendly neighborhood podcaster bob yule just to let you know the wonderful web crawlers that do the music for this here show, like the song you're listening to right now from the Mini Vandals, or the song that's going to play after the break from DJ Williams, the opener from Diala, or the closing one from Single Friend. All these songs have great power and great responsibility, so I can tell you that they're all royalty-free, and uh, if you like what you hear, seek them out, give them some clicks, give them some web cartridges, I don't know. But if you think there's a hero inside of you, maybe you should rate or review the show. iTunes reviews are always so appreciated. I love seeing them. uh, We got plenty more questions for Marcus. Let's thwip back into the show. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So, Marcus, uh, obviously, as you've mentioned, you are uh, big into video games, working over at uh, Game Informer, a wonderful publication. Um, uh, but I also know, as, as mentioned a handful of times, that you're also a big wrestling fan, uh, as am I. Um, so my, my question here is is uh, kind of twofold, even though it doesn't take a slot in the numbers. Um it's where did that start? And then B, can can you or anyone explain why there's such a high correlation of game journalism people who are super into pro wrestling? <laughs> it's it's like a Venn diagram that I've just never I love it because it's like my two biggest interests crossed over, but like why does that exist so strongly? It's it's just very bizarre to me. So I got into it. I I always watched off and on beginning with like the you know like hulkamania era um i wasn't watching regularly but i'd seen enough of it so like i was like oh i know who hulk hogan is and i i i liked randy savage a lot um like it's weird i was never like a hulk hogan guy i was always like oh savage is my dude and i used to have the old wrestling buddies uh those like plushy things i had one of savage and i had one of warrior too who i thought was cool um but like I after like that era, I wasn't watching a ton. Like I didn't really watch a lot during the the new generation era, and it wasn't until like the the attitude era oh, that everyone. I actually yeah. yeah. And my brother, my younger brother, got into it first because he was watching. Like he started watching WWE and WCW, um, and he was a little bit more of a WCW guy. And the first show I saw uh, was probably like like late ninety seven, maybe early ninety eight. 
And, you know, it was one of those things where like one of the first people I saw was the undertaker. And, you know, like most people see the undertaker, like, Whoa, like who's that dude? Like, Whoa, like he was like a devil dude, but he's cool. Um, and Shawn Michaels was one of my first, and Shawn is my favorite ever. Um, You know, this would have been like DX Shawn Michaels too. Um, so I, I, it, it, that's like what I remember most. And, you know, you see like Austin and rock and stuff like pretty much height of the attitude. I was like, Oh, this is cool. And so like me and him would watch together, but I, I wasn't really into WCW. I kind of was like, Oh, WWE or WWF at the time. Like that's mine. Like I was like full WWF camp and yeah. I would only see WCW when he would watch it. And I'd be like, ah, this is not as good. <laughs> you know? No basis for that at all. <laughs> I was just like a fanboy, basically. Like, ah, it's the other guys. Um, and yeah, it just grew. Like, he fell out of it eventually, but I, it only grew for me. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much when it started. As for the kind of the weird Venn diagram, it was funny because like the first guy I remember hearing that was into it, it was uh, Dan Riker because I was, you know, I grew up reading Game Informer and I was... Yeah actively i'd actively followed it and when they relaunched the website and like i remember when he joined and like i remember watching the first episode of replay when that aired and you know as you watch and you get to know like oh he's into wrestling that's cool and he became like my favorite editor by default because he was like the only one that was into wrestling i was like oh yeah hold it down with the wrestling fans and then like yeah like i said like as i got when i decided i wanted to just got deeper and deeper like oh wow like that's wow more people are into this because it was after a while after the attitude era that you know most fans kind of moved on like oh austin and rock aren't there i'm not into it anymore which is fair they were the two biggest stars oh yeah um, so i was like one of the few that was like watching throughout like the ruthless aggression era and then into the pg era and being like you know you're the guy that's like your friends go like is is chris jericho still there <laughs> like oh he's still oh kane's still there oh okay yeah. who's like oh randy who orton I, i'm not i don't know is he good <laughs> you know you got has to catch up your friends oh yeah i've done that too many times where they're like is carlito still there like, no <laughs> no he's not <laughs> he become world champion mm, not quite sadly <laughs> no <laughs> maybe but nah uh so yeah i think there's just i mean wrestling is just nerdy it's i've always equated it's just a real life comic book and not just because of the over the topness in the characters but i've always told people because the people that want to watch it they're like oh how do you get into wrestling like do i have to watch old matches to get it's like no it's literally like comics where like it's like a moving river you just got to jump into it and then eventually you learn how to swim and you go with the flow it's going to be rough at first because you're jumping you're always going to be jumping into the middle of a storyline yeah because it there's no reruns it like comics it just goes and goes you can go watch old stuff but it really doesn't for the most part you'll add a little bit of context but a lot of times the stuff that has nothing to do with what happened back then yeah um for sometimes so it's, like, it's just flat out ignored depending on the story <laughs> yeah sometimes <laughs> it's just retconned and yeah yeah, sometimes the thing that happened last week is retconned. <laughs> um, so it's like, yeah, you just kind of, you just start. And it's so nerdy and ridiculous that I think that just speaks to maybe, like, because video games are that too, right? If it's, it's like watching a real-life video game. And I, I just think that, like, something about whatever the part of, like, a quote-unquote, like, nerd's brain is that makes you into things like games or anime because i've always said like if you like anime you'll probably like wrestling it's so they're both over the top and ridiculous oh, yeah. <laughs> like and I, I, I that venn diagram also i think exists too of like 
you, you probably like both if you like one um if you there's just something in your brain is you're just into over the top nonsense that's entertaining right i i feel like it just has to be at a certain point yeah you you appreciate the camp of it all i suppose i don't i I don't know what the right word is, but yeah, it's maybe maybe over the topness is just the best way to describe it. And that is that is mostly wholesale video games and wrestling. So it, maybe that crossover is not as as foreign as it seems, but yeah. Strange world. <laughs> yeah. I'm for it. It's great. I'm all for it. Get in. Uh but man, we got so many more questions here. Uh 51, what's your phone wallpaper right now? It is a really cool uh, art of Spider-Man. Uh, so there was a, I forget the artist's name, but he's a Japanese artist. I believe he does like a lot of manga illustrations. Ooh. And when Spider-Man Homecoming came out, he did his rendition of like the movie poster. It doesn't look anything like the movie poster, but it was like, oh, if I were designing, this is what I would do. And it's like Spider-Man hanging off of uh, Michael Keaton's vulture as we're kind of fighting in the sky oh. and i remember seeing him a line when he posted it i was like that looks incredible and just immediately downloaded like that's my background and it pretty much has been since then uh it's really cool art it's very cool yeah it shows so you can see it kind of there this isn't good for your audio listeners but well i'm impressed <laughs> oh that cool. is really cool with the even the the fur lined leather jacket that he wears in the michael keaton wears in the movie yeah oh that's great uh, 52 what's the last thing you googled probably something for work <laughs> <laughs> like a release date or something um i think it was actually uh oh this is a, <laughs> a sad thing to google but i had Don't to look worry. up the uh the uh the viral video from blizzcon 2010 with the girl that asked the panel about oh. like hey can you make the warcraft ladies less like ridiculous looking and, and just, she was fully mocked by the whole room, basically. Just, yeah, because I had to write a, I just had to write a story about Blizzard, and I needed that for context uh, about like next year's BlizzCon getting canceled because they were like, "We're gonna make it inclusive. We're gonna work on making this more inclusive." And I was like, "That seems like a direct response to this thing that resurfaced." <laughs> uh, so yeah, that would have been it. Yeah, uh, fifty-three. You have to name your next pet without seeing them. What do you name them? Miles. Nice. Uh, 54. What professional wrestler would you compare yourself to? Hmm. I assume we're not meaning physical ability. <laughs> I mean, unless you think you could do like a 630 or something. Then <laughs> I'm basically ricochet. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always flipping around <laughs> doing otherworldly things. Um, I still, I think to this day, the only time I've seen a double moon salt is from Ricochet, and it just, it never will not melt my brain. It's just, he's, he's, I mean, he is speaking of Spider Man, like he is real life Spider Man, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, I almost would say like it, personality and just interest wise, like Xavier Woods is up there, right? Uh, and I have, yeah, and I, and I have yeah. met him too, uh, a couple times actually. He's super nice guy, as you probably would expect. Uh, have you met him? I haven't, but he's, uh, he's, I mean, outside of seeing him at like a, you know, a WWE show, but I'm not counting any of that, but, uh, no, he seems like just a great person. And, uh, uh, again, terrible for video, video medium, 
but I do have his up, up, down, down Uno deck Ooh. that uh, it was him and Tyler Breeze and Adam Cole and Cesaro yeah, but... uh, all through the pandemic would just play Uno online. And it just became such a comfort food. <laughs> like <laughs> sure. when the world was in utter chaos, I could at least watch an hour of wrestlers playing Uno every week. <laughs> and so right before Adam Cole left, uh, they released that deck in limited edition. I was like, I gotta, I gotta, I like, come on. Yeah. It's oh, 30 bucks for an Uno deck. It's a cool like, deck. How could I not? Right. <laughs> yeah. I also think of um edge. I, I've always Ooh. loved listening, like, interviews with him. I, I loved his podcast that he had with Christian, um, watching his network special when he came back and stuff. Like, I've always, I feel like, it's weird to say kindred spirit, but I guess, like, we have very similar kind of temperaments and, like, his um his drive to become a wrestler. I had a similar drive to do what I'm doing now of, like, knowing exactly, like, exactly what you want and yeah. pursuing it, like, relentlessly and then getting it. Um, he was a guy I always admired, like his journey to getting where he was. I'm like, yeah, I'm like heck yeah, like he knew what he wanted, and he just he stuck with it. <laughs> oh, hundred percent. There's actually a video that surfaced. I don't know how underground it was, but it was some old Canadian talk show that had Bret Hart oh, on it. Did you see yes, this? I dude, I saw that like two days ago. Yeah, yeah. I don't know <laughs> if it's like a YouTube algorithm hit us both, <laughs> but like I literally saw that recently. It took it was recommended. And I was like. Oh, I've never seen this. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like, like him and the guy that apparently went on to become just Joe in the attitude era. That oh. was like his, his buddy that was sitting next to him that asked the like, recognize the other guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I had a match in Japan, you know. <laughs> <laughs> he, he honestly came off a little cocky in that video to me. <laughs> it's like, yeah, like, I mean, I had one match, you know, I'm on TV. Because um, Bret Hart's advice was like, just be everywhere, go everywhere. The guy was like, I had a match in Japan. <laughs> Like, I don't think that's what he meant, man, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you see, like, I think Edge is, like, 19 in that video and, like, asking him, you know, like, hey, you know, we're wrestling around here, like, you know, pretty much anything. And I, I saw, like, a comment in the video saying, like, I guess Edge, someone showed him that ed- that video recently and he, on Twitter, and oh. he said that apparently after the show, Brett pulled him aside and gave him, like, better advice. Because, you know, at the time, that's when wrestling was still really kayfabe, so he he didn't want to go into, like, the the real nitty-gritty of Of how to get into the business. So that's why his answer was kind of vague on the show. Like, oh, you know, I'm not really in touch with, like, how you do it now. And he's like, no, but after the show, he gave him, like, legit advice. (laughs) What a guy. Both of them. Brett and Edge. It seems like a a great pair there. Um, uh, 55, what's your comfort food on a bad day? Ooh, ice cream. Mm. is the off book what flavor of ice cream see this is this is what drives everyone at game informer nuts because <laughs> this question has come up and i've i've always said like i don't have a singular favorite ice cream it's mood mm. I, i'm a big i am a big ben and jerry's guy oh yeah, so okay. that's like my go-to brand like a pint of something yeah. i would say if it, my favorite flavors are i i really like um the blondie the caramel blondie one i like the cookies not cookies and cream but it's like the basically cookies and cream but it's got like chocolate chip in there too i forget what it's called it's like i think it's cookies and milk i think it's called it's just basically a bunch of cookies shoved into (laughs) ice cream it's very good okay that'd be bad um 
I'm happy right now because we're in a season for it. The uh, pumpkin pie, the pumpkin cheesecake one that comes around only during the fall is really good. And it's so simple because it's literally just pumpkin cheesecake ice cream with graham cracker swirl. But it's one of those ones where like less is more. Yeah. Um, That's always up there. And I always eat too much of that every year because it's limited, right? (laughs) Like I got to enjoy it while it lasts. I'm going to stock up on these. Uh, So yeah, Ben and Jerry's, we'll see. Great one. Uh, 56 favorite smell bread is good right Ooh, fresh baked bread yeah and i used to live as a kid um there was a bread factory in my neighborhood and so i would smell it a lot when i would like go to school or like ride my bike or something it was like i forget it was like some big brand of like sliced bread they just had they were just set up there so i it was something i grew up with and still associate with like I would go to the, the city library was across the street from it. So every time I went to the library, it just it smelled delicious it outside. Bread. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I worked at a, an Italian bakery for two years, uh, making fresh bread and yeah, that's about it. But truly like the hours are rough because you have to be there at like 4am or something. Oh, to yeah. Get it done early enough, but getting a nice fresh roll right out of the oven and cracking it open you get the little steam out it's Ah. like oh it's like picturesque perfect i still need to do it because i love cooking and baking but i've never tried to make my own bread yet like i'm like i know i could do it because i've made complicated things but like (laughs) some bread's intimidating right even though it's like it's probably it's not as hard as you make it out to be if you follow the steps um and i'm good at following steps but yeah that's like that's something i need to do sooner or later it's finally like cross that frontier of like i'm just gonna make my own bread one of these days i believe in you 57 best candy snickers hands down to me it's the perfect candy bar it's got everything you want in one bar nuts caramel nugget chocolate like it's just what more do you want (laughs) it's fantastic uh 58 flip of the coin here worst candy oh uh licorice uh all licorice yeah and (laughs) uh are twizzlers licorice it's like basically the same right they're like licorice shaped candy <laughs> like they're sweeter than licorice but they're basically the same yeah because okay, i hate twizzlers too and i know that i've gotten some eyes for that but it's like i'm sorry it just tastes like gummy cough medicine to me <laughs> <laughs> i could see that i could totally see that uh 59 what's a restaurant you would recommend Ooh, so if you are in orlando and i guess probably the surrounding area i don't know how much there's a wonderful uh chain of mexican restaurants called agave azul it's very good pretty like it's like not overly fancy but it is like fancy enough to where if you want some and like authentic like legit mexican food it is amazing there's one not far from me there's a few other locations uh, in the, I guess, Orlando or like Orange County area. Um, they're great. Check it out. Wow. Love it. Uh, 60. What's a food you've never eaten? Um, I actually, like I said, I'm a big, I'm a foodie and I, I'll try anything and I'm not a real, I'm not a picky eater, which is nice too. Yeah. Uh, there's very few things I won't eat. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think. Even I was, I almost said haggis, but I've I've totally had haggis. Ooh, that's on my list. I still love to try that. 
Yeah, it was weird. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know there's something. I it's weird because I usually go out of my way to get new things too if I see it. Just cause again, fascination. I'm I'm in the exact same boat. I went to a um. I'll let you think, and I'll tell this quick story. I went to a, a soup dumpling restaurant in uh, in New Jersey. I, I, I've never had soup dumplings until about a couple months ago, and absolutely adored it, loved it. Um, but I, uh, on the menu as an appetizer, it was marinated jellyfish. And I looked across the table from the person I went with, and she was like, you're getting the jellyfish, aren't you? I said, well, I have to, <laughs> because I've never seen that on a menu anywhere. I yeah. have to try it. and delicious absolutely delicious hmm. chewy of course because right. it is but it's in this nice vinegary like pickled sauce with a little sliced up cucumbers on top and beautiful i would i would order it again in a heartbeat okay i'll have to keep that in mind <laughs> if uh. you see marinated jellyfish <laughs> <laughs> uh okay i thought of it this is actually a very basic one um but as someone that enjoys anime i'm not like a crazy like anime fanatic but i do like anime um those sweet rice balls that you see in some shows especially like yeah. slice of life stuff i've always wanted because i remember seeing that as a kid probably like i think watching like digimon or like pokemon or something and the idea of like sweet rice was like bizarre to me of like wait a rice thing that's a dessert or like a like a, basically like a treat like what and i've had regular like savory rice balls but i've never had the sweet ones and i want to know what the appeal is there so yeah give me a sweet mm. rice ball the ones that in the Pokemon dub, they were just called donuts. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. I was like, that's not a donut. <laughs> Clearly not. Like, po- I was like, is it, maybe that's what they are in Pokemon World. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Um, well, here you go. 61. Strangest food that you have eaten. Oh, you know what? I'm not even going to say haggis. At least haggis is like a dish. You know what I mean? Yeah. I've had a uh, rattlesnake. Four. I went to like a weird food fair that had a lot of kind of like game stuff. Like basically, like hey, I shot this because it was moving around my yard and decided to cook it. Stuff. (laughs) So there's all kinds of weird stuff there. Um, but I had I went to a guy that had fried rattlesnake, and he did it cool. Where like he basically you know like skinned the whole rattlesnake, and he had a giant deep fryer. He coated it, and then he had like a special like like holder thing like to dip it in and out of. But the way he arranged it, it made it look like it was coiled up to strike. Oh, see. So he like dipped a coiled snake in batter, pulled it out, and then he got a coiled, whole fried rattlesnake that he just cut up into pieces and, and gave you on a little plate. And I tried that, and it was delicious. And anyone that's never had a, a reptile, it, you know, like the cliche is it tastes like chicken. It really does. Like if you didn't, yeah. if I gave you that fried rattlesnake and didn't tell you what it was, you would be convinced it was like, either fried chicken or maybe like fried catfish um but i loved it and i like i i grew up eating alligator again being a floridian you can get alligator very easily down here they're kind yeah. of all over the place uh fried alligator tails delicious uh frog legs also delicious deep fried again tastes like a chicken wing i like it deep fried <laughs> lizard of any variety really it seems <laughs> uh 62 what's a typical day off probably playing games for sure either something you know for like something for fun or like it's all for fun but it might be something like hey i'm trying to get through this for game of the year stuff especially now um 
And I always uh, ride my bike a lot. I usually, especially on weekends, I do like a big bike ride for about like 15 miles. There's like two nice parks near me within close proximity. And I usually ride through both of them in one route. Uh, Sometimes listen to music or a podcast. Sometimes I just don't just like to just take in the quietness of it. Uh, And then usually uh, at some point I make a trip to my local comic store to get my books for the week. And I'll usually eat out or order something like Uber Eats or something like that. You know, treat myself. Again, get, you know, experiment. Like, oh, what's some weird local place I haven't tried yet? Um, And then listen to podcasts, like I said. And then probably either play more games or uh, uh, watch a movie or Netflix or something. Not a bad day. Not a bad day. Uh, 63 bucket list item that you accomplished. Um, Game Informer. <laughs> Game Informer is a big one. Yeah. Uh, going to E3 was another one. Nice. Uh, yeah. I've been to four of them. Um, going to a WB show, like a live, like uh, WrestleMania was the big one. I've been to WrestleMania. It was uh, 28 in Miami, the Rock versus Cena for the first time. I was there I, for that. I was there for the rematch. Twice oh, in a okay. lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know they lied to us. <laughs> when they said it was in New York and had the giant Statue of Liberty, it was in right. New Jersey. <laughs> I know, right? It's, I always feel I always felt bad for like Jersey people. Like they're just stomping all over you guys' like culture. Uh, essentially of like you hey, you New Jerseyans. You don't mind if we say that you're not where you are and put all Seriously. this this iconography that has nothing to do with you. The whole trailer was just like I think it literally might have been like Alicia Keys, New York, running down Times Square, Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building. Quick shot of the Hudson River. Don't worry about what's over there. Oh, back to New York. And it's just like, I, 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 never, I don't, this is, a, this is a dead center of New Jersey. This is literally a different state. I, I've never understood that. Like everywhere else they go, they have no problem celebrating. We're in San Francisco. We're yeah. in Philadelphia. New Jersey's like, you guys don't exist. No. We're, we're you guys New are Jersey's ex- boots or something. We're, we're, an extension just... of New York. That's all you are. <laughs> not fair. Not fair. It was a great show, though. It was a great show. But yeah, that was the cool Undertaker with the hands reaching out. Oh, oh I love one of my favorites. And you got the uh, Living Color Life performance. Punk. Yeah. And I want to say Diddy had a live concert for he did. some reason. I got Flo Rida my year. Oh, that's not bad. Uh, yeah, he no. came out on a Tron motorcycle. <laughs> for, some, for some reason that's right that's right KFC was new because Tron Legacy was two years old at that point so like yeah. it, I mean just really I mean it's a cool bike <laughs> I'd ride it out too but and I got to see uh it was like a double or like almost a triple bucket list because like going to Wrestlemania was a big one seeing Rock Russ because I never got to go to a show during the Attitude Era so the yeah. idea that I got to see one of my favorite Attitude Era wrestlers again live like what are the odds of that in this dream match and then also seeing a cell match live for the first time and that was also the first time i saw undertaker's entrance live that you know because wb mm-hmm. always shit like crams they're like oh there's nothing like seeing his entrance live right so like to see it live at any show is amazing but wrestlemania taker yeah. for a that, cell match that'll, <laughs> give, that'll give you goosebumps right there yeah and, <laughs> and it did and we had great seats where we were like like elevated so, like, cause I always think the floor seats are overrated because you're, like, same level as anyone else. So, unless you're tall, you're, like, 
seeing people's heads and you're doing this a lot, like trying to tippy toe. Oh. But you're seeing like just a few rows up, you don't have to worry about that. And we were facing hard camera. Like, oh, dude, perfect. Like we didn't even have to look at the Tron if we didn't want to. We could see the action clear enough. But then the Tron's like right there too. So it's like, this is perfect. They were great. Oh, that's <laughs> phenomenal. Yeah. I, I, I will always say the WrestleMania experience is fantastic. But we, uh, my buddy who bought the tickets for everybody, we got the bundle where it was the Hall of Fame also the night before. Ooh. That seeing Bruno Sammartino, ah. Mick Foley, who's my favorite of all time, uh, Booker T, Trish, uh, Bob Backlund, I think, like Arnold Schwarzenegger, maybe? I don't remember. Uh, like seeing those guys at the Hall of Fame in Madison Square Garden, actually in New York. <laughs> <laughs> this wasn't the lie part of it. Uh, that was like, especially because Foley's my favorite of all time, and seeing Terry right. Funk conduct him was just like, all right, I'm done. I don't have to go to WrestleMania tomorrow. Like, I'm I'm happy. This is, this is the best. <laughs> See, I still got to do Hall of Fame one day and Access, which I've never done either. I've also never done an Access. That looks super fun, but yeah. One of these days. One of these days. Uh, here we go. 64 bucket list item you probably won't accomplish. Oh, man, that's weird. I tried not to think about what I won't do. Mm-hmm. I mean, space is probably most likely, right? But even then, oh, that's becoming more and more likely. They're sending people up left and right now. Like <laughs> like, Shatner goes up. Like, yeah. yeah, like you can just be random Joe and just go up now, which is great. Um, yeah. Because before, and you know, space is terrifying, right? Like the idea of getting shot to a rocket into the most inhabitable place imaginable. Where any, so many things that go wrong on paper. Yeah. It's like. But like, if someone came to me and said, "Like, hey, I have a ticket for space. You want to go?" I would take. I would be scared out of my mind, but I would hate myself for not because, like, even though more people are going up now, the percentage of people that have ever gone to space in human history is like what infinitesimal. Yeah, maybe a <laughs> hundred. Like, <laughs> you know, of how many humans <laughs> that have ever existed to leave this planet? Yeah, like it's like I almost like you have an obligation to go. <laughs> I, like, no matter how scared you are, because like. That is just once in a, literally once in a lifetime, pretty much. You would never, like, I could go to any bar after doing that and I would never have to pay for a drink because I would just tell stories <laughs> of being in space. Like, just come on. My pickup line, like, you might have heard of me. I've gone to space. <laughs> I have, like, a New York Times article on my phone at the ready. Yeah, you could sight check it. It's, I would ask I, NASA, like, do you guys give out, like, I need like proof of this. You have like special like proof like cards or something I could show people. Like I need some I need bragging rights basically. Like I can I call you on speed dial to prove it like an astronaut? Neil Armstrong signed certificate of authenticity. Yeah, yeah, actually. The only gift is to the people that go to space. (laughs) Amazing. Uh, Oh, 65. 65 dubbed by previous guests, the realest question of the bunch. Name of a friend you don't keep in contact with, but regret it. Ooh, that is real. Yeah. That's quite a few of those, probably, honestly. And it's not, like, bad. That's just life, right? 100%. It just just happens. Some some people are like seasons. Come and go. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. This is more me trying to pick one than, like, I definitely have a, a decent pool. Uh... I'd say there's one friend from from college 
who was like my roommate at the time. His name's Alex. Super cool guy. Um, it's weird. It's like it, when you realize like these people are all like a text away, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like nothing's stopping you. And sometimes you, I think about it, but you always forget or you get busy and stuff like that. And then you feel bad, but then you justify it almost of like, well, they haven't reached out to me either. It's not, <laughs> you know, it takes two to tango. It's not like they're hitting me up and I'm ignoring them. Because, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, we all get busy. Um, so, yeah, like my old roommate, super cool guy, also in the games. He was a huge Superman fan, huge DC fan. Um, we used to work together. Uh, yeah. As far as I know, he's still doing well. See him on LinkedIn every now and then, posting yeah. a job update. So I'm like, yeah. So shout out to Alex. Great guy. Maybe Alex is married to not Topanga from oh, earlier. See, this is why I didn't talk to him. <laughs> I, for, I have not forgiven him for <laughs> stealing my childhood away from me. It all comes full circle. It's all there. It was you this whole time. <laughs> uh, 66. What's a game that makes you feel nostalgic? Sonic the Hedgehog 2. Probably like I would say it's my favorite game of all time, even though I I always I don't even know if I have that, but in terms of games I've beaten the most, it's that one by like a mile. Probably yeah. like oh, between like the original Genesis version and then like all the Sega classic re-releases and whatnot. Um, it's probably like a good 50 times. And like it's yeah. the only game I've ever tried to speed run. Like my best time is like finishing it in under 40 minutes while getting every Chaos Emerald and Whoa. Supersonic and stuff. Like, yeah, like I just I think I did it for like an achievement for like I think the PS3 collection. Um and I was like, oh, like I know this game like the back of my head, that should be easy. And um yeah, that just reminds me, yeah, you know, it takes you back to like a certain time, like you know, those objects that feel like almost time machines, right? Like, oh, I'm yeah. back as a kid, sitting in front of my old crappy TV, turn it to channel three <laughs> to play Sega Genesis with my brother who because he's younger, he has to be tails, because that's just the rule. That's yeah yeah so, by, by law. i don't make the rules <laughs> kid law decrees it as such yeah so yeah sonic 2 great game best 2d sonic game in my opinion you might be right you might be right there best music for sure oh, oh gosh every track's a banger and then that when you get the the credits that are just a mix like they just do the the medley of every stage it's such a good mix <laughs> <laughs> so good uh Oh, speaking of full circle, uh, Sonic 3's music, the end credits music, I believe is just Strangers in Moscow by Michael Jackson. I mean, the whole soundtrack is Michael Jackson. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Like, Uncredited Michael Jackson. <laughs> yeah. Also, good good YouTube rabbit hole to go yeah, down. Maybe there. it should be Blood on the Dance Floor, too. <laughs> Sonic just going crazy while Blood on the Dance Floor plays. I would watch that uh 67 uh yeah what game have you spent the most time playing let's see i almost want to say sonic 2 but if we're going hour wise you can finish that game in under 40 minutes (laughs) quite impressively though the longest like in-game time where i looked at it was like wow uh it's skyrim i Mm. put i believe oh close to 250 hours by the time i was done with it and still had like things to do <laughs> um which is funny because i remember thinking like oh that's insane that's impressive and then i met people and people i work with that are like i clocked in thousands of hours on wow and something like 
okay well, I, I thought i was cool but apparently not <laughs> that's mine is a drip in the bucket um so yeah but yeah skyrim for sure i don't think anything's gonna touch that for maybe ever that's yeah yeah uh 68 what's something you've built with your own hands it's ikea count 100 <laughs> percent. that's about as far as i've ever gone <laughs> well you know what i'll be interesting um when i would this didn't like maybe pan out but again growing up artistic you know that was a lot of things uh like especially getting into pottery and whatnot but i remember in i want to say sixth grade i had a, a weird science project where i think it was like a construction thing or like architecture or something and it, I decided it'd be cool if I made a suspension bridge. And Ooh. I have an imagination a lot like, like one of my favorite cartoons growing up was Doug. And he would have those crazy daydreams of just grandeur. Like I was very much like that as a kid. And that's one of the reasons why I like Doug. So I was like, oh, he's like, someone else that does this or just maybe overshoots it in his head a bit and so in my mind, I had like basically the Golden Gate Bridge. Like I am going to make that exact thing and it's going to be so easy but the problem was that like i didn't know how to start and so i kind of put it off longer than i should have and then eventually i was like oh i have like a week or less to put this complicated thing but i was like what's the worst that can happen (laughs) (laughs) and so like i had to drag my mom to like michael's or whatever some art store and we got like and again it was like well what do i even what do I even buy to make this happen? Like, okay, like wood, and I got like some wood pegs and sticks, basically, oh and started putting this together, and it was awful. <laughs> it was so, and I remember being so disappointed and upset as I was putting it together and realized like this is like a fraction of what I had in mind, and like was convinced I was going to fail the class, and everyone's going <laughs> to because he had to bring it up and present it, and so uh, I was like, oh, I got to present this trash. <laughs> terrible bridge (laughs) and like the teacher's gonna slap it in the ground and step on it (laughs) Um, but i i finished it i put it together it was uh it stood (laughs) that's the biggest accomplishment right is that it it didn't collapse immediately um that's to be fair that is what bridges do most of the time it's just just stand there and not collapse so that's probably the most important thing right who cares how it looks as long as cars aren't falling into the ocean (laughs) yeah i would hope that's high up on a bridge maker's priority list but you know what do i know uh uh question 69 best pickup line so i actually (laughs) i did this once as a bet in high school um so I, I forgot where I heard this, but I told this to my friends and it's, uh, you go up to someone and say, Hey, how much does a polar bear weigh? And they say, what? And you say enough to break the ice. Hi, my name's Marcus. <laughs> and I smooth <laughs> right there. And I, I told my friends this and they thought it was great. And they bet me money to ask out this random pretty girl to prom that way. And I did it. And it didn't work, but she was entertained by it, if nothing else, right? Chalk it as a victory right there. <laughs> Runner-up also is, uh, this is a physical one. This is good oh. if you go to, like, a, you take a date to the movies, right? And, you you know, you're trying to, like, make a move, right? Yeah. You turn to her and you say, hey, if you were a pirate, would you keep a parrot on this shoulder 
or this one. And you reach over and put your arm around. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> you know, How have I never heard that one? <laughs> you don't have to do the fake yawn stretch to put your arm around there. Just bust that out and she'll be so tickled that she won't even realize that your arm has already migrated to her other side. Perfect. Perfect. I'm going to put that one on my phone. Uh, question 70. Have you ever had any good nicknames? Surprisingly, no. I've always been shocked by that. I always felt like everyone gets a nickname at some point. Uh, or actually, you know what? I lying. I did. There was one. The only legit nickname I ever had was at my first job at uh, Albertsons. Uh, which is a grocery store chain for I know it's not everywhere in case you're wondering I don't even know if they're even around anymore um, but it was my first job ever I was 16 bad boy all that fun stuff and the guy that I worked with on the register often was this somewhat older guy he's probably like in college um, and we were like hit it off he was also kind of nerdy and he used to always tell me that I reminded him of Kith from Futurama who was like Zap Brannigan's little alien dude, his minion? Yeah. That was, uh, yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if I quite see that, but okay. <laughs> but he was like convinced. He's like, you're so much like Kith. And so he just started calling me Kith <laughs> at a certain point. <laughs> He's like, hey, Kith, come here. And then uh, eventually he made a, a name tag that said Kith. And I would wear it throughout whole shifts and it'd be great because i would like you know like people would be like hey can i take your card out and they'd be like oh sure kiff <laughs> like, trying to get my name. and he would always just be fighting back laughter at the register <laughs> and i wouldn't sell it i'd be like yeah of course that that is my name <laughs> let's this way kiff is here to help uh uh 71 do you believe in love at first sight no, no yes no that's a terrible answer <laughs> do i believe in factuation at first sight yes do i believe in love no because like you literally can't love someone the first time you don't know anything about this person if you think that you love them you, you exactly you think you do but you really don't yeah. um now does that mean like i said does that mean you can't be infatuated and maybe think like i could see myself with this person based on like a conversation you guys really click and because i've had that for sure then yes where you kind of almost fast forward in your head of like i've spoken to this person for 10 minutes but i'm already like imagining our wedding <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah and if that's gonna happen or not like i i can see like i can see something here i don't know what it is about this person yeah so no. yeah maybe not all the way love but you can definitely have that spark absolutely uh 72 what's a big turnoff of yours being late Ooh, uh, I hate my i get this from my mom my mom's very punctual and drilled that into me and my brother's head of like be on time uh and but like for practical reasons and i'm a pretty practical person and you know she one thing she would always tell me is like always give yourself time to be lost great like, advice great advice yeah right like anytime you go anywhere like just leave a little extra early because you never know what's going to happen and also you to go back to wrestling i remember years later uh hearing a story that owen hart was the same way and he had a line too where he's like going to the airport and he's like always give yourself time if you're going to the airport to have a cup of coffee because you, you're like you don't want to have to like going through an airport is stressful enough right but yeah get there early enough to where you, you go through all the bs of bad you know 
getting checked and all that stuff. It's where you can just sit down and relax and have a coffee as you're waiting for your flight and not just like, I'm immediately boarding the plane and I'm like sweating (laughs) bullets from stress. Like, no. And I've always like, like that between Owen and my mom. It's like, yeah, like I just leave. I'm habitually early. Even when I don't try to be, I'm just habitually early to things. So if you invite me to like, I'm not a fashionably late person. (laughs) I get anxiety being late, honestly. Like the idea of like, especially if it's something I want to go to and I, I show up not on time and I was like, I missed something <laughs> like there's a FOMO there. And if yeah. you ever want to see me like the most maybe unbearable, it's either we're going to fly together, which doesn't happen often. I, I haven't flown with a person in a long time. Or if we're going to see a movie, I hate being late um... to movies. I want to see the, I don't like to feel stressed. When I'm trying to sit down and relax, I want to get there on time. So like, hey, we got seats, especially when you go with a party, right? So like, the yeah. more people you have, the more we need to be on time. So we have to basically get a row to ourselves and beat <laughs> everyone else. This is getting easier, thankfully, as more theaters have kind of done the assigned seat thing. Yeah. So I haven't had to fight for a seat for a while. And I've, it's been weird turning that part up in my brain of like, oh, I can actually show up like the minute before and have my seat. Um, but a lifetime of like, hey, we got to get, we got to go. Let's go. Come on go i'm not sitting in those front seats because y'all really <laughs> like y'all don't show up y'all you can sit where you want i got my seat <laughs> <laughs> i love it uh 73 do you consider yourself an artist absolutely nice maybe because i've literally have been like you know i've done visual art like i said before i've done sculpture i've done basically everything but like writing is an art and that's how i kind of approached my articles with game informer i uh, i've kind of there were times where i felt like man am i not writing this fast enough and you know you do the thing where you compare yourself to your peers and that's always a trap um but i kind of realized like i was like i'm not like someone that turns out stuff quickly and not that that's bad that's just not i think the artistic part of my brain like it, it has like a bob ross thing to it of like I need to start with the, it looks crappy at first. You're just putting paint on the canvas and you're like, what is that? How's that going to look like what he's saying? And then like 10 minutes later, you're like, oh, oh I think I see the mountain. Okay. <laughs> you're like, oh, okay. There it is. There's the forest and the trees and stuff. Wow. That's beautiful. That's not what it looked like before. That's just how my brain works. And that, and it, it, and it's the process to me of like, there was a thrill of like putting words together in a way that like, is pleasing to read and makes sense and you know you're delivering information but at the same time doesn't mean there can't be an artistic x quality to like how your how your words flow and injecting your voice and your personality into it too right and and being cute and clever of like oh i got this i got this clever little joke i'm gonna put it here (laughs) like there's an art to like knowing like i'm gonna put this right here specifically because in my brain artistically that is the best place for this you know one thousand percent yes uh, i i firmly agree with it. literally everything you just said so yeah <laughs> uh love it yay art all about it people should make more art come on people everything's art art it up uh 74 what's something you tried to cook and failed i almost burned the house down once making bananas foster gravy <laughs> <laughs> okay yeah. i got real so in around high school uh i got i had a like a years long phase of being really into food network and that's what like kind of like cuz i always enjoy cooking and like i grew up in a single parent home 
So I was left alone a lot because my mom had to go to work and there wasn't yeah. all, and we never had babysitters, honestly. It's weird, honestly, in hindsight. So she taught us to fend for ourselves early and not like in a mean way, just going, it is what it is, right? Yeah. Um, and she trusted us and nothing usually went wrong. Uh, so we learned how to cook for ourselves earlier, maybe than most. And I always enjoyed it. And then when I got in high school, I discovered food in Africa and watched it religiously. I was like, oh, I'm going to try to make all those exotic recipes that like Bobby Flay and like, you know, Ina Garden. And I well, I was really into the Japanese Iron Chef, too. Like, I love the Japanese Iron Chef. Yes. The American one's okay, but it doesn't have the same showmanship and theatrics of the Japanese one. Yeah, especially the Japanese one, they would go more out there. And they would do like fish head stews and like yeah like oh yeah anything Morimoto cook yeah hundred and he had rivalries like the American one was like this is mean to say but it's almost too friendly They're like oh everyone's cool with each other which is fine but like the Japanese one they were like legit like I remember there was like one dude that's like hey I I hate the way Iron Chef Chinese cooks I don't I don't think he's a good representative for Chinese cooking and he would always show up every now and then because he had like a school and he would send like his he was throwing his students at Iron <laughs> Chef Chinese and they would always lose it was amazing it was like this like when is he going to find a student that can take him down because he just had this narrative oh of like God, that rules. This, this is my student of the month basically he's going to beat you Iron Chef Chinese and it just he couldn't do it and he would always be like curses next time I'll get you and I'll show you that our way is the best <laughs> like I love that and so I remember seeing Bananas Foster I forgot who cooked it but for the first time I was like oh that's that looks delicious and relatively easy to make. It's just bananas, brown sugar, rum, and fire, basically. Yeah. I could flambe, probably. I've seen it enough times. Probably. And I, I am a lifelong non-drinker, so I've never used alcohol or anything before. This is the first time I ever tried to use it for anything. I, I knew that it burned, um, but that's it. And I remember, like, you know, preparing it and getting to the flambe part. and. You know, again, I was prepared. I had like, okay, you you got a big lid, you put it on if it gets crazy and stuff yeah. like that. I don't know if I used too much rum, so I'm pretty sure I followed the recipe or I, you know, just bad luck. But what were those flames? Uh, it was like Kane's entrance, just <laughs> pyro explosion, <laughs> and it got it got scary for a few seconds there. I was able to put it out. Nothing caught fire, thankfully, but it was like a surprisingly huge flame that freaked me out for a bit before I got it under control. And thankfully, I was home alone. And like my to this day, my mom still doesn't know that this happened. <laughs> she came home and she's like, "Oh, it smells like bananas." It smells good. Like, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, I made a thing. Nothing burned down. Everything was good. <laughs> we, we were almost homeless for a bit there. <laughs> wow. Uh... 75 dubbed the Ben Hansen after, uh, you know, that fella. I could get used to this. Yeah, you get it. Uh, what's the greatest piece of art ever made? <laughs> that is a Ben question. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be like the last dance or whatever he said <laughs> one time. <laughs> no, I think his was, um, uh, oh, oh, Hamilton, the musical. Oh yeah, I still haven't seen that. I've been putting yeah, that off. I haven't either. <laughs> the greatest art, or I think you remember he phrased it like the greatest piece of media that's ever been created. Or mm -hmm. The most hyperbolic way to describe something. All right. Well, I have a legit answer, and it's oh. it's probably, and this is you know, it's probably the Sistine Chapel ceiling. 
It has to, uh, you know, and there's very close con like the Mona Lisa is one that came to mind. Um, most like ancient architecture stuff, like you know, the pyramids of Giza. Like, I'm a huge history nerd and I love that stuff. Like the, the Colosseum I was reading about the other day for the 19th time. Um, but there's something about the Sistine Chapel ceiling that like I I've never seen it in person. I it's on my bucket list. Um, but I remember I had an I took APR history in high school and my history teacher, who was like this worldly dude that has traveled everywhere, and he would tell us about like his trips and stuff. And he told us about when he went to see it and he's like i kid you not when you step in there he's like i'm not exaggerating i literally wept like uncontrollably like and and it just came out of nowhere and he's like and you think that's weird but like i looked around and people are always doing that and he's like and i've seen it multiple times and like i guarantee you every time you go see it you'll see at least one person crying because like you really like like most things like it's like pictures really don't do it justice it's like there's something about when you you go in there and you look up and you see this incredible like fresco of just these images and then you think about like a dude laid on his back on this super high just precarious scaffolding and just created this over the course of years months years like yeah and it's still there and you see what he made under those conditions it's just he's like i can't he's like i think he said it's like gazing into heaven basically of like this must wow. be the closest thing to what this must be i mean it helps that there's literally god in the middle oh, also true yeah <laughs> but and i believe him i was one was like i'm not like well i i used to not be a crying guy i that has completely fallen apart as i've gotten older i think it, i i'm convinced it's just an age thing at a certain yeah. point like i'll cry at movies I just finished Squid Game the other day that had me in tears. Uh, <laughs> I think that's the main reason I haven't watched it yet because I know it it gets devastating for somebody toward the end, and I don't even <laughs> for mo- it yeah, it goes. But it's an amazing show, but oof, yeah, gummy, yeah, be prepared. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, I was like, I could see myself like, I, like I said in high school, I was like, I don't know if that'll happen to me, but I'll still appreciate it. But like now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, I could totally see it, like. Because like you said, like you just don't know what it is about being in there and looking up at that. It just hits you in a way you don't expect. So it's got to be that. It's amazing. It's absolutely stunning. I like it. I like it. Uh, 76. Have you ever had something happen to you that you would consider paranormal? No. Which I, on one hand, I guess is good. <laughs> I've had friends and even my mom has had stuff happen to her. Ooh. So they've told me stories. I somehow have dodged that bullet. So I believe in ghosts, uh, first and foremost. Again, because you can't definitively prove that they don't exist. Like the people that say they aren't real, you're really just telling yourself they aren't real with literally you cannot prove that they don't exist like yeah. with evidence <laughs> but there's overwhelming evidence to the contrary right so it's like to me it's like there's some there's got to be something to it like all these people aren't crazy <laughs> um and so like like i i i almost feel like maybe things have happened that i didn't realize were like creepy and you think that like that could have been something right like a you know, like doors closing and, and stuff like not like you know like violently <laughs> like but like you know the signs are like the door is cracked and it just kind of closes and you kind of attribute it like oh, it must have been the airflow the air conditioning but you're like but what if it wasn't what if it was because like when people think of haunted houses it doesn't have to be the conjuring with things flying all over the place it could literally be something as simple as like that or like just a weird sound or a shadow moves yeah. and not all ghosts are bad 
you know right a, a ghost can just be a spirit in your house that it, like i again i've no, had friends that say like oh yeah my house is totally haunted like nothing because it's just like little things that happen but they happen the same way regularly to where you're like uh, oh that has to be a ghost like there's a routine to it of like oh sometimes yeah. a chair will move and it's always the same way it moves it's always the same chair or i knew a guy that said like oh yeah in my childhood house my father passed away but before he died his his pet peeve was that he hated when people left the second floor hallway light on like whenever he saw it on too long he would turn it off and like be like guys don't leave the light on and after he passed about a week later whenever that light was on too long it would just <gasps> shut off randomly and he's like it never it never used to do that he's like my mom remember we would change the bulb it would happen with new bulbs we had an electrician come out he inspected it so like nothing's wrong and he's like but to this day if you leave it on to a certain point it will always just shut off and to them that wasn't creepy it was comforting because it reminded them of yeah. him of, and they, so they kind of think like oh he's still here with us somehow in some way i love that i love those stories gosh that's oh oh that's so good <laughs> uh, uh 77 would you ever use a ouija board see no <laughs> see, so it goes back to the 100%. i believe in so like i believe in ghosts enough and like again i've seen enough movies to be like what am i getting out of this why like, what poke is, the bear right exactly like, like the, the the consequences do not outweigh the rewards of like who do i want to talk to that badly that's dead <laughs> yeah we're like what you you're meddling with forces you don't control do i believe because you know there's a lot of like theories debunking ouija boards and saying yeah. like oh it's like a mental thing and i forget the name of it but it's like the shared consciousness thing right of like exactly. it explains why everyone is moving the board the same way um there could be something to that i'm open to that uh it's less terrifying than the alternative <laughs> but like again why chance of like do i really want to talk to george washington <laughs> yeah um... and invite pazuzu to demon <laughs> into my house instead like no <laughs> yeah i i have a respect for the the other world or whatever you want to call it so we're like ah, i'm good y'all have fun with that <laughs> they, yeah they could stay in that lane i'll be over here in a ouija list house thank you very much uh 78 simply why why not i like it uh 79 if given the chance when would you time travel to I've asked myself this question and as a kid it's always more fantastical and then at least as a black man I'm like man it actually gets rough for me at a certain point <laughs> like where can I actually go to where I would be totally like this would not be an issue because yeah. like I can't even go back 50 years in this country before <laughs> like I don't want to go anywhere past like 1970 yeah. in this country <laughs> it only gets worse beyond that I want to say previous guests of the show have said uh, to change this question to if you could time travel as a white male <laughs> <laughs> exactly right. yeah i gotta wear it can i get like a cloaking disguise or something <laughs> yeah so yeah i mean i guess go back to sistine chapel renaissance italy Ooh. the height of it that'd be that'd pretty cool i'd love great. to yeah go meet da vinci and stuff and hang out with those dudes watch him do his thing just watch him draw pictures of helicopters <laughs> something like what are you doing and like you, but you know you, uh, assuming that like 
this isn't like back to the future rules of like you change one thing then you know photograph fades in the future if i can yeah if it's like i guess the more realistic version of what time travel scientifically would be like avengers endgame of like you you can do whatever you want it's not going to change anything um because it's already happened basically um then yeah i want to like you know like hang out do like art classes and stuff with Raphael and or watch Michelangelo work on David or whatever and you're like wow look at that thing and then realizing like hey man that's gonna be there forever like it's still there today yeah. just you know if it makes you feel better I know you're stressing <laughs> out right now but it, it'll be worth it trust me put a lot of work into this but like just give him a pat on the back keep it up yeah. bud. or just to watch him too like how do you do that like how do you that's like a lost art right like yeah. I was thinking about the other day like are people like I know sculptures still exist but like you think they'd be like celebrated more, right? Like who's the, like who's the top sculptor in the world right now? Like who who's uh, our Michelangelo today? <laughs> like, yeah. What was the last <laughs> sculpture that we as a society rallied behind and said this is the best thing? Like how recent was that? Cuz I would bet like 30s, 1930s. <laughs> you know. It seems like now it's like unless it's like a giant giant statue thing where you just mm. can't miss it right you're almost impressed because like wow this is huge look at that thing like the uh i forget who it was but it's like the, the 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 one of like buddha or something it's like a standing buddha it's like huge i think it's the largest standing sculpture right now oh, in the okay. world i forget where it is somewhere in like indonesia i think like you look at it you're like oh wow, that's cool but then like who made that like can you name the person or i guess company or whoever put it together yeah we don't know (laughs) yeah bonkers to think about uh 70 no 80 have you ever made a sudden dramatic change to your lifestyle and stuck to it yeah this stuff um so when i decided that i wanted to write about games i was in game design college because when I graduated high school, basically, I was like the kid, like, I don't know what I want to do, but I know everything I don't want to do. And, you know, lingered around, did like community college. I was like, oh, I'll do like random academics I'm going to have to do no matter what for a fraction of the price and no debt because yeah. that just makes sense. And then maybe a long time I'll figure out what to do. And then eventually came down to like, well, the two things I'm most passionate about are games and wrestling. So either I get into games or I become a wrestler. Because I've, <laughs> that's literally it, yeah, because I've never been a guy, I've always hated the idea of just doing a job for the money, even if you hated it. I had a lot of friends that went off to become doctors and stuff, and when I asked them about it, they'd be like, oh, it pays well, which to me, it's like, well, I mean, yeah, but like, also you're helping people, right? Yeah, that's rewarding, <laughs> right? <laughs> I assume, it shouldn't that be the number one thing? Like, I'm passionate about helping people, but the first thing, for not all of them, but for enough of them to be like, oh, yeah, it's secure and all this stuff, even though you got to go to school for like 1,500 years. Yeah. Uh, and i got a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of debt yeah (laughs) so like uh but even when i went to game design school because i was like well maybe i'll make games and did it enjoyed it and i'm glad that i did it uh for the perspective of like i know what it's like to make a game from start to finish and it's hard um around that time it finally clicked even though i grew up reading game informer and other like sites like edge and you know whatever yeah like oh what if i just did this i've always been good at writing and enjoyed it and i play games all the time and i like talking about them and so i was like i started skipping classes namely programming because i sucked at programming uh i was like i'm gonna go hide in the library and review marvel's capcom 3 uh (laughs) and i just started doing that and then i didn't even graduate i basically dropped out and was like i'm just gonna stick this and blog and see what happens because it was like my thing was like 
you know, and I got, I didn't really get flack from anyone. Like I, like my mom's always been super great about like, Hey, do what you want to do as long as you have a plan. Um, and so like, I, I don't need a piece of paper to valid. Like I got what I felt like I needed from there. Like, okay. Like I was there for four years to graduate. Yeah. Um, so it's like, I got, I learned everything. Like I, I got what I got and it worked out because I found this and it's worked out since then. It turns out. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess that was like the scary, like, I'm going to leave this thing that I've kind of set up to do this completely other thing and then completely wing it basically for the next few years until I hopefully stumble upon this job. And look at you now. Take that (laughs) art Institute of Fort Lauderdale. (laughs) Uh, uh, 81. What game show past or present? Would you love to be a contestant on? legends of the hidden temple with a Uh, bullet and i tried to get on it multiple times i cannot stress how many of those postcards (laughs) again living not far from orlando nickelodeon studios of course yeah on my my doorstep basically and like i was so into that show where i watched it so much i memorized the obstacle course at the end, I knew it like the back of my hand. I knew how to put the silver monkey together and it would infuriate me to see kids blow it in <laughs> And I would think I was like an elitist fan based on like, look at these fake, how do you get on the show? Don't you watch it enough to know what to do here? Why are you getting... They try to put the head on second. It's like, oh. no, what are you doing? <laughs> you know how basic anatomy works. <laughs> Just look at it for a second before you stick it on. It's only like three pieces. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, and then they get grabbed by the dudes. And so like I would send postcard after postcard. And like in my mind, I thought that getting on that show was like front page newsworthy, even though I had I've never seen it. But I, in my mind, I was like, oh. I'm going to be the best Legends of the Hidden Temple player ever because I know it so well. I'm going to set like the record for like the fastest to get through the thing. And it's going to be like national news. And it's going to be like, I'm going to be on TV and like on CNN. Like literally I had this running through my brain constantly. (laughs) Like this is exactly how it's going to play out. And I'm going to be like a celebrity because I'm the best Legends of the Hidden Temple player the world has ever seen. (laughs) And they never picked me. And I don't understand why. I don't get it to this day. You missed out, Nickelodeon. Come on, dropping the ball here. <laughs> I did meet someone years later when I was a server. I served the guy that was wearing a purple parrot shirt. Oh. And I, I commented on it, and he seemed surprised that I recognized it, but appreciate it. But I, I always wanted to ask him, like, did you, were you a competitor on the show? Is that like an old shirt or whatever? Like, did you live my dream? <laughs> did you win? If only, if only. Uh, 82, what's a quote? That you love hmm, there's a lot actually i'm a quote collector uh especially as i've gotten older and again being a uh a freelancer for a long time you kind of need inspirational quotes to keep mm, you going because it gets fair. It, it gets rough and has been rough um i read uh i read chris jericho's book uh no is a four-letter word mm-hmm. if you've read it it's a, a great book and it's got a like every the way it's pretty much just a success books and I don't say self-help but like it, it was basically like, hey these are the things that i principles that i apply to become as successful as i am and like every chapter is a different quote and then the chapter is just themed around it yeah and i mean even though it was a four-letter word is kind of a great quote and stuff right it's like absolutely like 
but like he had one or he had a couple that was like one was like a you never know who's watching regarding like you know we're work because like being a freelancer a lot of times it feels like your work is going out into the ether right like you're sending pitches or like you're blogging and like five people look at it which to me 10 people or 10 views was like oh my god i, I did it <laughs> 10 people looked at this <laughs> thing i wrote and like i was like satisfied with that um but when you treat everything you do with the impression that you never know who's going to come across it because i've had it happen so many times the big reason why i am where i am now because like somebody that i didn't know i wouldn't ever imagine saw something reached out so hey i read this you're like what how did you find me like how do you even know who i am i'm like nobody right and so like if you have that attitude like put out your best work no matter what because you legitimately never know who's watching (laughs) like seriously take everything seriously right like it's your last thing yeah you know if you're performing in front of an audience of 10 or 10,000 treat it the same um so yeah that's that's that was a big one for me and it kind of kept me going you know because it's very easy to give up and just like yeah who cares no one's looking at it yeah no i love that one absolutely uh 83 i'm sure just as uh, impactful what's the best shirt that you own Ooh, i've gotten a lot of comments for my spider-man shirts recently i wore like miles morales one during the uh trivia tower which i've actually had for a while you can actually look at old game informer videos from my internship in 2015 i I wore it (laughs) I worked during extra like that year, actually. Oh, uh, nice. So I've had it for a hot second. Uh, that one's good. I got a tank top of Spider-Verse Miles Morales. It's just like the Spider-Verse like, spray paint logo. That's good and comfy. It's one of my workout shirts. Uh, I used to, when I was a kid, the coolest shirt that I owned was I had a Batman t-shirt that had a cape attached to it oh nice so i was like <laughs> i felt so cool i was like i'm going i got a cape right like the cape <laughs> is the coolest thing which like, why are capes a thing i don't understand like how are cape what happened to the cape like why is it weird to wear a cape i don't I, you know for some reason yeah they've become passe outside of i suppose a handful of superheroes <laughs> like a cosplay <laughs> but like you like for how prominent they are in like superheroes, you would think like, hey, I'm I'm out to a fancy dinner and I work <laughs> with my yeah. suit. It's nice fall, you know. It's autumn weather. Maybe it's a little it's a little crisp outside. What if I want to go to dinner? Just throw a cape on, something yeah. I can bundle <laughs> up. When I make a dramatic exit, I can kind of swoosh it off to the side. Like you're like Jack Bandit on Doug. Like you can do the <laughs> what a Jack Bandit. I've always wanted to do that. Give bring somebody. I need a celebrity or an influencer that has way more clout than I do to wear a cape one time. That's all it takes. Yeah, and then it'll come Grande back. Walks out with a cape at the next whatever award show. Done. It's in. <laughs> it's niche again. It's That's wonderful. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Batman shirt with the cape real cool that rules uh 84 would you change your middle name so i have two middle names oh so probably because it was always because my middle name is jamal lamar it's hyphenated which i never to this day i don't understand because i when whenever i have to write my initials for like things it's always it's just j so i never even have to use the second part so like i almost would just cut it off you know just amputate the lamar just go jamal but yeah, if I could change the title, like I don't mind it. But if I had a choice, do I get to pick the new name? Sure. I'm trying to think, like, what's a cool middle name? Oh, Batman. Man. 
Okay, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Marcus Batman. That's pretty good. Yeah, it's it's Batman. <laughs> or, or I'll keep the I'll keep the two name like theme. It'll be Bruce Wayne. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> you can walk around. Yeah, Bruce Wayne's actually. I want to sign checks like that. <laughs> so I want. I would. I don't use checks, but I want printed checks just to see that written out in full. <laughs> just sign them and immediately rip them up. And go. Yeah, that's cool uh 85 what's a good impression you can do Ooh, i'm pretty good at joey wheeler from Yu-Gi-Oh. he's a fun way like hey you use my red eyes black dragon all right time roulette go <laughs> he's just really fun yeah you we gotta get the money for my eye surgery my sister serenity's going blind <laughs> he's a fun one it's really good (laughs) i got it's weird impressions will just come to me sometimes like i'll just i like impersonating people it's fun for me even if it's just like a movie line or just a a, just a person individually like i'll sometimes i'll catch myself doing it subconsciously like i i remember doing heath ledger's joker for a while oh yeah and i'm not saying i'm good at it but i was like doing it of like you know Ah, ah, like kill the Batman. <laughs> I was like, I don't know if that's good. There's so many better ledgers, but like he's but he's fun to imitate, right? Yeah. yeah. There's he has a good cadence, he has a good like weird off rhythm about him. It's it's a very satisfying his mannerisms are fun too, the imitate yeah. his kind of twitchiness. Yeah. Wait, what is it with Batman villains? Everyone did the Heath Ledger thing, and everyone did Bane. After Dark Knight Rises came out, everyone had a Bane impression. Oh, you think the darkness is your ally? (laughs) (laughs) What? Man, whoever... I forget the actor who did Scarecrow in the first one really dropped the ball. He should have been (laughs) in the zeitgeist. (laughs) Especially for Killian Murphy, who's like a huge character actor. (laughs) Yeah. He's like kicking himself, like, oh, I should have made my performance more over the top. I'm I'm scarecrow too, but a huge over the top villain. Very good. Very good. Uh 86. Is there a tattoo you wanted to get, but are glad you didn't get? No, I don't have any tattoos, and I've never felt a compulsion to get one. I somehow didn't get that bug. The same with drinking. It feels like when you hit like teenage years, those are the two that bite you. Like, I'm going to do this. Neither of those ever came for me. I'm not opposed to a tattoo, but like I, I have yet to feel the need for one or have found something that I was like, I think I'll put this on my body forever. Because um, ideally, I, it'd be something I don't want to get removed. I've heard that sucks. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like better make it. But I, I have st- I've definitely seen tattoos either just from friends or just online of like, ooh, I could see myself with that, right? Like I knew a guy in school who got this sleeve that was all Zelda. Like he is a huge Zelda fan, ooh. and so he got this crazy intricate Zelda sleeve where like the whole sleeve like had something that represented each game in the series, whether it was like an ocarina or like. Even like the Oracle games on like Game Boy that nobody talks about, like yeah. ev- everything was represented, and it was beautiful and super colorful, as you would imagine a Zelda tattoo would be. And everything, like man, if I ever got like a sleeve, something like that, that's pretty that. cool. That's probably <laughs> super expensive. Okay, yeah, but <laughs> really, really cool. 
Uh, let's see. 87. How would you describe your 16-year-old self? Shy, for sure. Uh, terrible around girls, which has only kind of changed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Even uh, with the parrot on the shoulder bit, that's perfect. You would think, man. right? <laughs> gold. It's amazing. You need more pirate enthusiasts. <laughs> uh, artistic, for sure. Daydreamer. Uh, ambitious, but also scared. A lot of like that. Like, oh, I want to do this, but who? That's I don't do that. Uh, funny. I do say so myself. That was kind of my again going back to the Peter Parker thing. That we had similar ways of like using humor to diffuse a maybe less than stellar situation. We'll say right, like yeah. almost like almost like a reflex. <laughs> um. So I got, I realized that was funny at a very early age. Of like, I, I know how to be witty and string. Maybe it's all those Dilbert books I read and, and all the Frasier I watch. It all comes back to Dilbert and Frasier. <laughs> if I've said it once, I've said it a thousand times. <laughs> the genesis of comedy. <laughs> so, yeah, I'd say predominantly just like, you know, I was, you know, I, like, I'm still shy this day. Some people are always like, you don't seem shy. It's, yeah. A lot of people don't seem shy you'd be surprised um just because it doesn't mean you can't be outgoing around certain people or in situations or if like i was shy but like i always all i was also put into a lot of positions of being in front of an audience whether it be like plays i was in choir for like my granddad's church i've had like starring roles in plays i was in, when i was in scouts i was like the chaplain's aide so I had to do like Ooh. prayer groups and lead and like come up make up prayers on the spot. Jeez. I'm a good improviser and I had to improvise. We actually did a lot of skits for like campfire and that like sharpened my comedic timings. I was also around friends who were really funny. So like they rubbed off on me. Yeah. So like, yeah, like I even though it's like, oh yeah, like I may have anxiety and like public speaking, but I also did it a lot. So like, it's not as scary as even I think it is sometimes. So you until you're up there and you're doing it, it just kind of kind of go right yeah 100 percent. it's it's the repetition that's what it comes down to it yeah you know? and i think i have like a natural knack for performing or like a desire it's like i have that same thing of like oh i'm super shy but then when i see people performing and being good at it there's there's always part of me it's like i want to do that i could do that <laughs> that's the inner inner pro wrestler right there it's the yeah <laughs> and and maybe the competitiveness that like you mentioned before like you don't realize you're competitive until you see someone doing something and you immediately like i want to be better at them at that <laughs> i want that that should be me <laughs> uh 88 what's the worst injury you've ever had i've knock on wood i've never been injured i've never broken a bone I've nice. never been. I literally have never been to the hospital for anything. Wow! I've never thrown up. Maybe since I was a, up. maybe yeah. not since a, like maybe outside of being a baby where you just do that. But like legit, I have a very strong stomach. I I I never get sick. I've never had the flu or anything. I've this never missed. Sick. I know. I I told this at work one day when we were getting our COVID shots because I was worried. Like, oh man. If I, cause I, you know, if you get your shot, you're going to get like knocked out and right. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. And so I was worried and I dropped like, yeah, I've never been sick. So I'm not used to being bedridden. And they were like, wait, what, what? <laughs> and they were, like elaborate on that. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I mean, I've had the common cold. They're like, that doesn't count. Everyone gets that. But like, yeah, I've never had anything beyond that. I don't really get headaches. I don't know what it is about me. I've been very lucky. Cause I've been, I've certainly been hurt in ways that I'm like, 
I'm surprised I didn't break anything there. I'd say the most painful thing that's happened to me and also the most embarrassing. And I think I probably told this story probably before was um, when I was a kid, I had a very short phase of being into skateboarding because of a combination of Tony Hawk pro skater, which I was super into at the time. And I was really good at, mm-hmm. and then also rocket power on Nickelodeon was on. Yeah. And I, between those two, it became this like lethal cocktail of me thinking I can skateboard without ever actually learning how to skateboard. Like I couldn't even really stay on the board reliably, but I went to a, uh, I went to a summer camp that had a half pipe. Like for some reason, just randomly had a half pipe. Um, but like, it was like busy. It was all these cool skater kids, you know, that knew what they were doing, doing their thing and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm going to go down Matt because I've seen rocket power and I know how you do it based on watching it. So literally just what's the worst that could happen. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And so I climbed up there and looked down and went and ate it so hard, like face first, just, down a half pipe just face mm, thankfully i had like a helmet and like i well just a helmet <laughs> um, but hey that's the most important part right true true um and I, I i don't know how it looked it felt like i looked like family guy when peter griffin falls down the stairs and he's got like the arm behind him and stuff <laughs> like it was oh. just the crumpled heap and what honestly as bad as that hurt the thing that hurt worse was that i did it in front of like a ton of like cool kids and oh, literally it was like you ever have those like those moments in time where it feels like time stands still for like mm-hmm. ages of like hitting and then hearing just silence of like people going oh crap oh, and as i start to like look up like make sure like am i not dead everyone just bust out laughing just like laughing but like that the embarrassment was like a shot of adrenaline because now you're like you're trying to play it off i mean you can't play that off (laughs) i I meant to do that you guys they fall just 10 feet on my face (laughs) but like you scramble to get up and get out of there as quickly as possible and that's what i did like i just immediately felt like i'm not and just got out of there as quickly as I could and then licked my wounds afterwards. Wow. Oh, absolutely brutal. Yeah, mental and physical pain. <laughs> what a combo. <laughs> uh, 89. What's a habit of yours you want to break? Ooh. I'm a procrastination. Probably it's always been my biggest one. I'm a lot better at it now, but I still have a uh there's still an underlying part of me that always well not always, but like sometimes instinctively you're like, eh, I could do that later. Or like or or sometimes it's even like hesitation, right? Of like you're yeah. afraid to do something. You're like, I know I gotta do this, but I'm not ready to do it right now. I'm gonna I gotta I gotta psych myself up more or like be in the mood or or whatever. And that's always a, a trap, you know. It's gonna happen now and again, but you just gotta get better at like being self aware of like, nope, you're doing the thing, you know. I remember uh going back to quotes, uh this is like for working out, but I think it applies really to anything where like this super ripped guy was talking about like, oh, you know, people always think like, Oh, how'd you get ripped? Because you you must like going to the gym all the time. He's like, No, I don't like <laughs> going to the gym half the time. He's like, But that's the it's about discipline. He's like, if I only worked out when I felt like it. He's like, I'd be like 
overweight and fat <laughs> and doing nothing, right? Like if I only went when I actually felt like it. Yeah, of course. Like, you have to turn it into a habit to where you just you just do it. And then when you don't do it, it feels weird. That's the that's where you want to get to, right? Yeah. Uh so I try to keep that in mind of like, okay, like I can't just do this thing when I feel like it. It just it because then nothing gets done. <laughs> very, very good. Again, another very good piece of advice. Uh 90. Home stretch time here. Have you ever lied on your resume? Probably. <laughs> Nothing outrageous. Like, yes, uh Nobel Prize winner. <laughs> uh, <laughs> probably more didn't hear about it. More. <laughs> it's more it was a pseudoscience. You might not he be won three Emmys. Really? All right. Well, <laughs> I not watched that year. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was probably for um I can't remember what it would be specifically, but it had to be for something that's like like you know, like the, the chicken and the egg situation, like hey, this is an entry level job, but you still need experience. You're like, well what I I what do you want me to do? I can't get experience unless I work there, but like I can't this is the lowest level I can get to for this job. Like so like you lie, like, yeah, I totally did that thing. Yeah, I've I've worked in a in a print magazine or, or <laughs> office or whatever you like stretch the truth of like i sort of did that maybe not on that scale but yeah i sort of yeah so for sure do what you gotta do right exactly half the time you don't even read that far <laughs> honestly that's probably the biggest thing if 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 they know that they want you you're you're already kind of in the door you know in, in in a lot of ways but Best advice for that one is uh, from uh, Mary Kish on a previous episode. Uh, said uh, everyone should be lying on their resume because it should represent who you want to be. Oh, uh, that's great! I, I love like that. that. I like that quote a lot, and it's even X amount of episodes later, it really stuck with me. That's good. Nice one, Mary. Thank you for that. <laughs> you couldn't do trivia tower, but <laughs> <laughs> you did all right. No, Mary Kish is a, is a gem. She's great uh question 91 have you ever punched someone in the face i really have to think about this <laughs> i've never been in a fight like an actual fight you know like maybe a little tussle with like my younger brother but like even then not really um i definitely have never like straight up like you and then uh, drag and drag and punch to me yeah. exactly <laughs> <laughs> just sure you can them to oblivion uh i remember my bro- maybe the closest is like my brother and i had boxing gloves for a period of time okay we would practice boxing against each other and i probably socked them oh we also had those uh remember the the bopum things they were like these inflatable marshmallow things you put in your hands i remember seeing them on tv as a kid like, boppers yeah i think that's what they were called they're like hey oh, punch yeah. your brother in the face he won't feel it <laughs> and you're like that's not true i've been hit with those and they hurt <laughs> i never had them but yeah the commercial made it seem like you were fighting with air and yeah it straight up just looked like you were punching someone in the face <laughs> really how many kids took like Muhammad Ali caliber uppercuts <laughs> thinking everything would be fine. <laughs> they had two inches of air in between the fist and someone's chin. <laughs> oh, those poor children. Um, uh, 92, would you ever go to a nude beach? Sure, why not? 
there's actually i remember living not far from one and like knowing about it i was considered like oh that might be cool and not for perverted reasons of course <laughs> but more like because i've sh- i've been naked publicly i've done like showers with like dudes you know like the male like locker room style showers and scouts yeah. and like i'm you know it's always weird at first but then you like at a certain point because you do it so much you're like you know the thing i'm like we all have the same stuff like who cares like i'm just here yeah. I, i'm dirty i want to shower <laughs> i don't care if you <laughs> enjoy the show if you're looking i guess but i ain't got time for that <laughs> so yeah why not new experience yeah nude experience you could say (laughs) uh 93 somehow not the realest question when was the last time you cried (laughs) actually uh this past weekend watching squid game (laughs) watching the last couple episodes there you go marbles if you know what i'm you know what i'm talking about when i say that i I gladly don't but (laughs) one of these (laughs) i'll i'll get to it i'll get to it i still gotta finish ted lasso um 94 what's something you've done and will probably never do again uh go down a half pipe without knowing yeah that's probably i up there um uh probably a lot of I'm thinking of everything i've ever done wrong basically <laughs> anything that was like overly just a catastrophe like that um that that's probably the one for now let's say that don't go down half pipes if you cannot stay on a skateboard the more you know sound effect (laughs) uh 95 best compliment you've ever received you're a good writer is up there for me that's a huge one from your peers actually i remember uh meeting jv gwaltney for the first time uh because when i interned it was when he was starting at GI. So he was like being shown his desk and stuff when we were like kind of on our way out. And I remember he was like super nice. I don't know if you've had JV on your show or not. I uh, haven't, but he's uh everything I've heard. It seems like a heck of a guy. Yeah. And I don't know him like super well, but he's always been nice the times we've interacted. Yeah. And uh but yeah, I remember he like offered to look at my writing one time. Uh and I was like, Yeah, sure. Cause I was like, I'll I want everyone to look at it. I need I want all the feedback I can get, basically. Yeah, and I remember he gave it back to me at some point. He's like, "Hey, you're a really good writer," and it's you know, it's always thing, right? It's so simple, but you never realize what that might mean to the person you're saying it with. Like I've given compliments to people that I thought were like, you know, I'm trying to be nice and pump them up, but you know, to them, it's like this profound, like, "Whoa!" Or like it maybe just came at the right time for them, right? Like, yeah. "Hey, I really need to hear that, like, right now." And you're <laughs> like, "Yeah." So like, anytime that happens, it's like yeah i don't suck at this okay great awesome I... stays as a memory pillar okay. <laughs> especially sure. when it's a when it's a peer right it's yeah. like i'm in the position now of getting to work alongside people i grew up reading in a lot of cases like andrew reiner and you're like wow that's i just talked to him every night now like, <laughs> this is really cool and he thinks i'm okay because he hasn't fired me yet <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing uh 96 tell me a joke oh man this is every comedian's nightmare right <laughs> like oh it's, it's the worst uh, thing you can always ask them is tell me a joke you're funny right <laughs> prove it funny. <laughs> i want to laugh <laughs> god the worst thing man, i actually try to think of like when was the last time i told a legit like a traditional joke like the pickup lines are kind of close to that a little bit 
um i almost i'm trying to avoid telling the aristocrats which was the very first thing that came to mind for some reason was that was that um i remember seeing that movie when it came out the aristocrats documentary i paid oh. money to see that in theaters with a friend who did not understand what we were watching <laughs> that would be so confusing for, he didn't for know he didn't know what the joke the was Oh, but like that joke was huge with me and my friends at the time so i wanted to see it uh knock knock <laughs> who's there uh see see who see you answering the door silly <laughs> i just made that up <laughs> there you go <laughs> write it down everybody store it you might get a date if the (laughs) polar bear pickup line doesn't work (laughs) if somehow the polar bear and the pirate stick doesn't work you got you got this one right here uh 97 97 used to be a question i came up with uh that i uh didn't think was very good so i scrapped it and i threw it out and i replaced it with the listener question of the week and if uh, any of you wonderful listeners have a question that you want added to the arsenal here, it's 99 questions pod. That's, of course, the number 99 questions pod at Twitter or at gmail.com. Uh, so this one comes from Nico. Thank you, Nico. It's a cl- it's a it's a hotly debated question here. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. And because I love a good hot dog, Mm -hmm. when I think of a sandwich, you know, it's bread and ingredients, right? And I get that's why you're like, oh, that's all it is, right? But it's like, no, 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 there's a clear construction. Not only is there bread on the bottom, there's bread on top. Mm -hmm. Hot dog, there's no bread on top. Famously. Would it be an an open-faced sandwich, which isn't a sandwich, technically? It's just, you know, it's I ran out of bread because the struggle was real. So, so I put everything on the last slice. <laughs> oh yeah. And no, I think that's what it, you have to. It, you have to put a, a hood on the convertible to make it a sandwich. When you have the hood, when you have the top down, it's a hot dog. The tops up, it's a sandwich. I think I agree with you. I like the logic. It all holds together. I had a hotly debated uh, debate about this, <laughs> and I I said there should be a new category uh, of roll. Because someone said, what is a lobster roll? And I went, it's not a sandwich. It's not a hot dog. It's not anything. It's a roll. Yeah. And, and then now I'm team roll. Hot dog is a roll. Philly cheesesteak's a roll. <laughs> lobster roll's a roll. Hashtag team roll. <laughs> and I'm hungry now. <laughs> All this food. Oh, I, I love a good lobster roll. Oh, especially up in the Northeast. Oh, good Ooh. gracious. Good stuff. Uh, but thank you, Nico, for the question. Yeah. Oh, you mean New York, where you live? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not anywhere else. Yep, New York. <laughs> uh, 98. What made you want to be who you are today? Probably for being, I mean, I, I, I want to extend this to like, in general, not necessarily like, what made you want to be a games writer? I think the overall answer kind of covers that. It's just like, I just, and I, I touched on a bit, like, I never wanted to be the guy that's like, I'm doing this for the money. Yeah. So if I don't want to do anything for the money, I wouldn't be doing game journalism. Not that I don't make a good living, because <laughs> I'm fortunate enough to make a comfortable living doing 
stupid stuff like eat hot wings on camera and play demon souls um it's a great bit everyone <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah i think it's overall just a desire to not be boring quote-unquote i hate to say that because it makes me, it sounds like i'm crapping on people that like or at least like uh, again if you're only doing something because of how well it pays and or just for more in my mind kind of shallow reasons and not because you have a genuine interest or passion in it to me that's kind of lame like even if your passion is something that's like hey i just want to be like hey i i do want to work in an office in a cubicle and whatever and all that stuff doing whatever it is like if that's genuinely what makes you happy and that's what you want to do then that's great because like I'm, i respect anyone that follows their passion in their heart no matter what and doesn't give up or settle for less so like regardless of whether or not I was doing, I'd be doing this, or, or if I became a wrestler, which, hey, never say never. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I just, that was always my biggest fear, honestly, was that idea of, like, I have all these dreams and goals, and then I don't realize them, or I don't live up to what I consider my potential is. Like, I, it's like, I have to know. Like, I, like I was some like, I have to get the GI, like, because I have to know if I'm good enough to be there, and I... Yeah. And sometimes maybe I went too far where I, I think I, I used to always tell myself that like, I will never truly be happy until I get it. <laughs> but I would tell myself that all the time. And in a way it was like a, it was a kick in the butt for sure. Maybe a little bit much in terms of mental health, but I, but I think I was, I knew myself under like, no, it's always going to bug me. if like, what if I just gave up or like freelancing or I just got sick of it and it's like, oh, I need something more stable. So I, you know, I, I tried, I gave it the old college try. Would I be happy? Would I be able to kind of be satisfied? So like, well, I gave it a try and it didn't work out. And it, it, the, all, the answer always came back. No, really stubborn, I guess. Yeah. Um, so like, uh, you know what? Uh, again, maybe this will be the last quote. Who knows? But like a really morbid <laughs> kind of quote. I forgot. I saw it in a YouTube video. I forgot who it was, but it like stuck with me where he said like, in terms of like motivation to chase your passions and your dreams, he's like, imagine if you're on your deathbed and you're laying there, you know, you're going to go. And instead of being surrounded by like friends and family, you're surrounded by every idea or dream you ever had. And they are looking down on you and they say, Hey, we came to you and you, you didn't do anything with us. So now we're going to die with you. And it's so kind of dark. That's a but, gut punch. Yeah. <laughs> but it's true, right? Yeah. It's because yeah. you're saying, like, when you look at a cemetery, like, it's not just dead people. You're seeing every dream or idea that that person had. Like, who knows? What if someone in there, if they, what if they had an idea that could have changed the world and they, for whatever reason, whatever it was, fear or, you know, just, just lack of confidence or whatever the reason they just didn't do it and they took it to the grave with them and like i said like you don't know what if they they could have been the guy that cured cancer or the lady that ended world hunger or been the next michelangelo that we've been searching so desperately for (laughs) we finally need a new michelangelo for pete's sake can't stop dying with people and so like that stuck with me and it, it to this day sticks with me and it's kind of the thing that kind of gets me over the hump of like i have this idea but i'm afraid to try it and you're like it's like you gotta give it a chance right even if you fail at least you can say that you tried it and it yeah. didn't work out i'd rather say i tried and didn't work out than i just didn't do it you know because you never know what things can do and i've had enough things happen to me at this point 
right it's been proof of like hey you, know, you never know work put yourself out there i'm sh- shy as hell and i do it all the time so you guys have no excuse trust me <laughs> i'm a quiet kid in the back that's like please don't call on me teacher like i know the answer i just don't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> i don't want eyes on me oh you did it well here we go so yeah like that i say that is basically how i got to this is a horribly depressing but also incredibly motivating quote it's, yeah it's, it's incredible I, I absolutely adore that um but uh marcus we're at the top of the mountaintop here you did we're it 99 one more for you the titular question if you will what do you want to be remembered for oh that's weird after that little soapbox i was on you didn't see easy <laughs> i'm i think a lot of it is i'm a i'm a bad long-term planner <laughs> i'm more of a short midterm goal guy and i i've always kind of i still have a bit of a winged attitude and whatever happens happens so like yeah. i've never really thought much about like my legacy i don't even think about like getting married or having kids honestly i really don't um i'm just like yeah it'll happen probably maybe mm. yeah. <laughs> so, like, but I guess at the end of the day, I'm I I always wanted to be, I guess be remembered for what I kind of just said of like being the guy that like said he was going to do something and then he did it. Because like a lot of people that I know, especially in college or whatever, that knew me well enough, they knew this is exactly what I wanted to do. And you know, I I never wanted to be the, the like I said, being terrified of being the failure, quote unquote, or like the dude that you knew in high school and you meet ten years later at the reunion they haven't done anything. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. what have you been doing the last 10 years, bro? Like, nothing? Like, I'm not saying you have to be president, but like, <laughs> nothing? <laughs> like, really? Um, and I get that. It takes some people longer than others to find their way, and that's fine. Um, but if you, you know, but a lot of people also never find it. Uh, so, like, and it's something I've had to reconcile in the last few years of kind of being okay to say, like, hey, I kind of did everything I said I was going to do. Not that I don't want more um you know you never come this far just come this far yeah but i'm kind of allowing myself now for the first time to just be like kind of pat yourself on the back like yeah i did it i i did what i set out to do and continue to do it every day and so to be remembered and hopefully help and inspire other people that are afraid to try something or to chase a thing that sounds crazy or impractical or whatever it may be but you know you want to do it to yeah i guess it sounds super egotistical to be like look at me (laughs) you can do it too model your life after me (laughs) um but yeah that's like it's not necessarily like i want to be the best games writer there's ever been or anything like that like no not really like i care about it but like i'm not chasing like a throne or a prize for that if you think i'm good i appreciate it thank you um, but yeah, like I said, it's more of an overall thing of like, hey, he's the guy that said he was going to do a thing, and then he did it because that's rare, honestly. Not yeah. enough, not enough people do that. Yeah, um, yeah I mean, you called your shot and you made it. Like that doesn't happen, especially in a a big you know career move like that, as often as uh, you'd think. Yeah, it's sad in some ways, but you know, I, I hope that again, maybe this lights a fire under some people because you kind of you need that sometimes and i do too still you know we all need the kick in the pants like hey man let's get it done let's do it it can be done 
It can be done. I love it. Uh, Marcus, you have, you've lit a fire under this podcast today because my goodness, what an episode. Thank you so much for being here, for doing this. You're very generous with your time. Uh, you're absolutely fascinating, and I am a big fan of your work. Uh, and uh, so it's uh, really great to have you here. Thank you so much. Um, is there anything you want to plug, promote, uh, float into the ears of our, our wonderful listeners here? Anything at all? Uh, the floor is yours, sir. Sure. Uh, thank you for having me on. This was a lot of fun. I love this. Uh, and you're very good at podcasting. Everyone should oh. listen to your show. I mean, people that are already listening, I mean, that's, I guess, I'm preaching to the choir, but <laughs> tell your friends. <laughs> I'll clip that part and I'll send it out to other people. There it's you fine. go. <laughs> um, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at Marcus Stewart Seven. It's the number seven. Um, I also on Twitch, like a low key Twitch streamer. I uh, stream at uh, Marcus Streams Games is the twitch channel very easy to remember it's quite literal um but yes marcus streams games i usually stream like twice a week usually tuesday thursday nights um and yeah gameinformer.com is where i work game informer magazine check it out i i write there and do things stream super replays all that fun stuff and uh yeah that's pretty much it uh video gameography new podcast we just launched with me and ben reeves talking about metroid covering just going through the whole uh, history and lore of a particular series so it's kind of like an an, almost like a yeah i guess like yeah divided to season so season one we're going through the entirety of the metroid series every game we're covering a new metroid game so that's pretty much on everywhere you can listen to your podcasts uh it's really fun and informative edutainment what an absolute pleasure that was go follow marcus stewart on everything on all the things he's absolutely crushing it right now he's killing it and he's going to continue to do so but uh it's last call time already flew by the red light's on we got to figure out what we learned here today we learned that dane cook was in fact the most popular comedian on the planet for a short window of time where is he today i mean i don't know probably wherever coolio is hashtag bring back coolio We learn the secret formula to achieving your dream job. Dilbert, Frazier, Spider-Man, Wrestling, and The Mask. Someone stop him? No. No, they won't. We learn the deep, dark underbelly of Costco sales strategies. We learn that sculptors are never appreciated in their time. And we learn the importance of team role. Hashtag team role. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to bring the cape back into in-vogue fashion. What's the worst that could happen? I'll see you again in two weeks for our next episode. Till then, thank you, and good night.